All sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die. This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Patrick freaking Mahomes, baby! Uh, let's talk some sports, because that's what we're here to do. You are tuned in to the Spoken. Spoken. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Lance Twidwell. This is the Spoken Podcast. I am your host, Lance Twoodwell, here inside the Spoken Studios with my guys, Trevor Twoodwell. What's good? Mr. Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. He's back, guys. Episode 101 is now officially live, ready to go. Well, I ain't going to be live when you listen to this, but it's live for us as we record this. Um, as you guys, I don't, I don't know if anybody listened to episode 100, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that somebody besides us listened to it, but that was an absolute blast, but it, it wasn't the same because we didn't have our full, you know, trio in, in the building. And now we mm. got our trio back, our our wolf packs back together. I feel like uh, Alan from Hangover right now. I'm doing the <laughs> poem. I guess that's why they call it Sin City. <laughs> no. But yeah, we're, we're just glad. Think, uh, we had a blast last week because we finally got back on the video side of things. And here we are back on the podcast. We're just, you know, I appreciate everybody that's adjusting with us. It's been kind of a week-to-week thing that we have going on, guys. But nevertheless... We're going to continue to pump out content each and every week like we do, whether it's just podcasting or we do live stream as well. Uh, we appreciate all the comments, all the people that were streaming with us last week. We had one of our biggest shows uh, when it comes to uh, viewing audience and listening audience. We had a ton of feedback, and I just want to thank all you guys for being a part of this as this continues to grow, as we continue to go through this, because we have another Super Bowl to talk about and to tackle uh, this upcoming week, we're not really going to be doing a lot of that tonight uh, because of the fact that we have another additional episode that we're going to be able to do that with. So I didn't want to repeat our uh, stances or predictions, per se, in two straight weeks. But we will have our guy, uh, 810 WHB Sports Radio, The Ship, Mr. Darren Smith, coming on in the next ep- uh, next segment. Rather, He's going to break down his predictions or his thoughts on this matchup with the Chiefs and Bucks. And quite frankly, I'm going to let him do a little bit of a victory dance, a victory lap, if you will. He's going to go week five Raiders on us uh, because he's one of the few people I know that before the season started predicted this very matchup in the Super Bowl. So I'm going to let him do his thing. He's a, I think it goes without say, definite friend of the show. He's been on here seven, eight times now. Um, and we're going to continue to have him in the future because dude always brings it. He always has great information. But we want to start this show tonight. First of all, how the hell are you guys doing tonight? You guys doing good? Stupendous. Good. Stupendous. Yes. Usually I start the show off with some of my own thoughts, my own my own rants, if you guys will. But I wanted to change it up just a little bit this week for, for a particular reason. Because as much as I would love to just sit here and talk Super Bowl all week, all week or all night long, and again, next week, that's all we're going to do. But there is some madness going on in the NFL outside of the two teams that are remaining. And in particular, at the quarterback position. Yep. I mean, we there there is a, every every possibility that we could see eighteen to twenty five different teams have different quarterbacks playing for their team next year. Now, is that the likely scenario? No. More than likely, it's going to be more on the moderate conservative side, fifteen teams. But that even that, you're talking almost half of the league switching uh, at the helm of the quarterback position, the most important position in all of sports. 
Now, I wanted to start the show tonight with all of us kind of doing a roundtable discussion as to how we see a few of these scenarios playing out. I think we all could agree that the, the, the Cowboys, as much as they're, you know, playing this game with Dak and just drawing it out because Jerry Jones loves him some spotlight. At the end of the day, I do think they're going to get a deal done with Dak Prescott because they saw As how they valuable should. he was. As they should. This season. When, yeah, I mean, they were just an embarrassment all season long without him. Yeah, and he, he was, was putting he up was, historic yeah, numbers. Yeah, his, number, put, his pace he was on was but insane. He was, yes, he was putting up historic numbers. Yeah. He was averaging over 400 yards a game. That was just – now, that probably wouldn't have continued – but the point was, and, and, was with the, and with those weapons, they should absolutely be a contender. I mean, depending on how he comes well, back, that defense, they have to they have to work on that defense. No, that's, 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 defense the, that's the crazy part about that team is that defense has got good te- talent and names. So we, we know that it just weren't. I, I think we, I think producing. we all agree. I think yeah. I think we do all agree that Dak's going to be their quarterback for yeah, the future. I, I yeah, truly yeah, believe sure. that. And yeah. I don't think there's any question Jacksonville's going to take Trevor Lawrence in the in the first overall pick. I don't think there's any question that the Chiefs are going to keep Patrick Mahomes. I mean, there's some rumors we out should. there, but we I'm should. thinking that the Chiefs are probably going to keep Patrick I Mahomes. Hope he gets traded. The Seahawks, despite how bad Sierra, I mean, uh, Russell Wilson has uh, been this <laughs> season, I think they're going to keep him probably for another couple of years. His ass was trash the second half of the and, season. And man. the Chargers, although I understand that, that, that they're probably having some inward discussions about Deshaun Watson. The Guys, Justin Herbert, the Chargers. Oh. Justin Herbert is apps one hundred percent going to be I, their quarterback next season. He's there's done just no himself. question. Yeah, he's not. I understand there's rumors out there that you know maybe maybe the Chargers would get no. It's Taylor, no, Taylor. No. no. Taylor. Yeah, exactly. Puncture <laughs> the start Taylor. next season. What's number five? Big five. <laughs> yeah, big five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Tarod, by the way. Let's set the record straight. A lot of people call him Tyrod. It's Tarod. Puncture Taylor. <laughs> Hey, old punk. All I know is that dude better own the Chargers by the end of that lawsuit. That's <laughs> yeah. all I know. He lost his job. He lost, his, lost his career. Yeah, he almost <laughs> lost his damn life. That's a, so, yeah. so those are like the five teams that I'm not even going to entertain speculation on when it comes to the quarterback position. But I want to start with the team that we all know is going to make an absolute start or uh, splash mm. in free agency or in a trade this offseason at the quarterback position, and that is the Indianapolis Colts. Now, there are several different avenues Man. they can go down. But this is one of the few teams I don't think there's any shot in hell that Deshaun Watson goes to for he obvious can. reasons. Division. It's in the division. They're not trading him to the hell division. No. It's not there's a 0% no chance. Way. I think there's a better chance he stays with the Texans than that happening. Yeah. So I'm going to say that the Colts are going to take the second best player available at the court run. Maybe not available, but they're going to trade that we know for sure is not going to be on their current team. I think Matt Stafford is going to be the next the next Colts quarterback. I think at 32 years old, he's finally going to have an opportunity to play with a good running game, an awesome defense, and a top-tier head coach. He's had none of those three his entire career. So I think it's going to be the Colts getting Matthew Stafford this offseason. Eddie, how do you see that shaking out? I agree out? with you 100%. I, I just see Matthew Stafford being a perfect fit for uh, for the Colts. I don't see any other quarterback coming in and with the expertise and with, a, with the knowledge that Matthew Stafford has like coming in and already be a contender, you know, yeah. because you, you can bring another quarterback in there. You can try and build around that quarterback, mm-hmm. but I think Matthew Stafford gives you that edge to where you're already automatically a contender because he brings he brings that that veteran in him and that hung, that hunger mm-hmm. for a title. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I, I want to see how things shake out. I know I know Philly's there's a lot of movement. There's a lot of things going on in Philly with, with obviously with Peterson out of the picture now what they plan on doing moving forward if they want to keep Carson Wentz. But if Carson Wentz is out of the picture in Philly and they're done with him, I, I think it's going to be Carson Wentz. Just because of the the connection with him and Coach Reich, that was his quarterback coach. Um, he had his best season under Coach Reich. Uh, I, and what he did with Philip Rivers this year, you know, them being right in that game with the Bills, which I think they should have won that game. Um, you put Carson Wentz in that game and his with his, his – um, 
his talent. I think they could have won that game outright. Uh, but Stafford definitely makes a lot of sense. Stafford makes a lot of sense anywhere. Yeah. Because Stafford is just a true a, gunslinger quarterback yeah. that will make any team better. I think right? he's a better quarterback outside of Deshaun. Uh, like in the talks of as far as like yeah, yeah 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 I mean yeah absolutely I mean and he's a like proven he's a, he's a proven commodity even yes. longer than Deshaun's been Deshaun and, and like, yeah you you brought up Carson Wentz I just don't see Carson Wentz coming in and like being that team leader you know like yeah he he should like he he got benched and he pretty much quit I mean on that that, I think team. Carson I think, I think that's yeah, the sexiest yeah. spot maybe outside of L A what they decided to do with yeah. the Rams whatever they decided to do with golf because golf is absolute ass. Yeah. We're going to get to that in just well, a second. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I will. Add, but I'm just saying, outside of – I think the Colts is the most attractive spot for a quarterback. It's a, it's a dome. It is. It is. You, you is. know what I mean? You get a play division. Every home game you're playing in a dome, man. And that's why I think division. it's that's why I think Wentz makes a lot of sense because yeah, Wentz would jumped on that and opportunity. And that's what I thought initially yeah. too. To but play now that dome. we've seen the Eagles basically show solitude and loyalty to Carson Wentz because yeah. you knew it was either him or Doug Peterson – they and fired Doug Peterson. That's the yeah. It's the Carson with that with that defense and with, with you know. I know they got an aging T. Y. Hilton, but they have that offense produced all year. And they're gonna they have a ton of draft picks too. And sure. Oh yeah, that's yeah. So it, it makes way too much yeah, sense. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna go get free agents I, I just, and I, they're gonna draft well because we all that's know a scary ass team. Gets over there. So if if you want to trade for for a quarterback that's uh, injury prone, because that that's what I labeled. But, but with the offensive line yeah. like the Colts, you're not gonna yeah. get hit. And yeah. Matt Stafford is one of the most talented quarterbacks in the NFL. And in a dome with that arm, we've seen how he plays and in Detroit. A, and it's a run first offense. Exactly. exactly. I think I think Matthew Stafford fits that system now, a lot better than Carson. Now Wentz. this is where it's going to start getting interesting because I think a lot of pieces are going to a lot of dominoes are going to start to fall after this. Moving to the Jets, mm. there are so many. You want to talk about the Colts having options? Yeah. How about the Jets? They yeah, have the number have. two pick. They just got Robert Sala as their head coach. Who I love who's going to be aggressive. He's going to want yeah, and players love him too. I'm going to throw a curveball your way. Who was the 49ers quarterback when they went to the Super Bowl and Robert Sala was their defensive coordinator? Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy, G. Jimmy Garoppolo has three years left on his deal. Ugh. And he is not going to be the 49ers Jimmy's quarterback. trash, bro. So check this out. I believe, because safety is a big thing in the NFL. They want A lot of coaches want safety, especially when you're first starting. And in a market like New York that they will turn on you in a heartbeat, you want a sure thing. And when he's healthy, Jimmy Garoppolo is a top 15 to 20 quarterback in the league. Give me Alex Smith all day over Jimmy G. Jimmy Garoppolo, only 29 years old, though, just turned 29 a couple months ago. I believe the Jets are going to find a way to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, get a mid-round pick because they have a ton of picks, and then they're going to draft either Justin Fields, Trey Lance, or another quarterback. I think that's how they're going to do it. They're going to have – because everybody wants to recreate that Patrick Mahomes, Alex Smith scenario. I think that's how they're going to try to do it in New York. I think they're going to go get a veteran quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo to play for a year or two. They have no guaranteed money left on his contract after this season, and then you play your starting quarterback. Do you take number two overall? That's how I think the Jets. Sela is a defensive coordinator, right? Yes, yes. he is. No, he's okay. their he's their head coach now, though. I, I, okay, go ahead. But he, the uh, connection in San Francisco for the Jets, uh, it, it's it's hard, but I, I feel like uh, they they're gonna stay with Sam Darnold. I think they'll, they'll keep Sam Darnold and and see if he can. Gr- they're going to give him one season. I think Salah is going to give him one season. He's going to see what he actually has at quarterback. Yeah. And then we can po- possibly see a change uh, the following season, 2022. We can possibly see a, a quarterback change in, in, in the Jets if Sam Darnold does not okay. fit, fit his system. I mean, obviously the Jets have options, and they could – and who doesn't want to – I mean – Players love to go to they they love New York they love yeah, that big market New York. yeah I mean I mean right now it's a shit show 
with everything that's going on with COVID and everything, it's it's not really New York right now. Um, just like LA is not really LA right now. So everything's kind of weird right now. But I mean, it's it's an attractive spot to say the least. I mean, it's it's the Jets. I understand that. But going to the Giants or the Jets as a quarterback is an attractive spot. I don't think Garoppolo's because I'm not really going to tie the defensive coordinator to the quarterback. That doesn't really yeah, mess for me. Because like I, I mean, he, maybe he doesn't even like the way Garoppolo plays. You know, maybe, maybe he see because he knows how to expose Garoppolo the most. So, I mean, there could be a correlation there regardless. They could have a great relationship. But, I mean, he's he's in a totally different coaching room than the offense is. So, I, I just – for me, I personally feel like – and there, I mean, there was rumblings about Deshaun Watson going to New York. I think their best bet is to stick with Sam Darnold and build around him. I still, be, I, I, st- I still believe in him. I still believe in Sam Darnold. But, I don't know, man. Stafford could end up there too. There's There, there can be guys that can end up there. I, it's, a, it's an attractive market. I mean, it depends. And, I, if they, and say they trade Sam Darnold too. That can still happen. You know, they could trade him away for more assets. Yeah, I mean, and, 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 and you can him in a package deal and trade him to Detroit. Yeah, and if you package that and they have numerous picks, they can get another – they can go get an elite receiver maybe or an elite weapon in the NFL yes. and a quarterback. You know what I mean? They could do that. They could load up and become a – you know. Well, a deep, I'm, I'm glad you guys brought up the Lions actually because that's the next team I have on my list. Yeah. Stafford's gone. We know that. Yeah. Dan Campbell is the new head coach, and he's, you know, Dan Campbell. We all know <laughs> what he's already, you know, made a name for himself. There is a quarterback that Dan Campbell is connected to from his previous position or previous job as well. I'm correlating a lot of these quarterbacks' relationships because that's what the NFL is about yes. relationships. Dan Campbell comes from New Orleans. Who was the quarterback that New Orleans picked up in the offseason just this last year? Jameis Winston. I think the Lions are going to bring Jameis Winston over mm, at 26 ah. years old, give him a, a give him a long term deal, or maybe maybe even a short term deal to prove his worth. Team up with Galladay and Swift, and I think you're going to get Jameis Winston and Dan Campbell to line up. And plus, they both love cheesy lines, you know, eating W's and eating kneecaps. They can eat W's and kneecaps together. So I think that's how that's going to go. I think the Lions are going to go and get Jameis Winston uh, from uh, uh, the New Orleans Saints because I think actually I think he might be a free agent because it was only a one year deal he got with New Orleans. Yeah. So unless New Orleans is trying to convince him, I think the Lions will pay him more because the Saints are over a hundred million over the cap right now. But you got Drew Brees retiring, so who's gonna exactly? But I'm saying is if, if the Lions outbid the Saints for Jameis, knowing his his comfortability with Dan Campbell. Maybe he gets himself a chance. And let's be honest, it's not like the Lions don't have certain weapons up there. They have Galladay, win healthy. They have Swift. You know what I mean? Yeah, Maybe Mike, they'll convince him to go yeah, up there. Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara. Right. Absolutely. And if I think the Galladay, him, I think this was the contract year for Galladay, though. I think this was the contract year. So I don't know if they're gonna. He's if he's gonna stick around. Yeah, maybe they not. Might, they might be cleaning the house. Maybe not. Yeah, uh, you. It might be rebuilding. Who? What do you think with the Lions? <sighs> with the Lions. That's a that's that's, probably a, the, that's, a, that's the worst one yeah, I think that's on the, the list. That's a tough one. Mm-hmm. No one wants to go to Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> and they could very well draft the quarterback and, too with the, what, mean, the seventh yeah. overall pick. What I, can, what I can see the Lions doing is taking a trade uh, a trade from from the LA Rams uh, with Goff. And Man, Goff. I was just thinking that. Yep, yeah. I can I can see Jared Goff going to Detroit just to for go Matthew die Stafford. in Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> have, I have, because, I have, stay tuned because you're still going to have Matthew Stafford inside the dome. Yeah, and. That would all the Rams have a good team. They have, yeah. They have oh the, yeah, yeah. They had, he would Stafford would flourish over there. Yes. Bro. Yeah. And it's L.A. It's L.A. market, yeah. like you were saying. But I know you said you said it's well, not L.A. right now. Well, there's rumblings right now that that's in the that he's interested. But, They're both I mean, interested in each other. I mean, if if the Rams are able to trade for for Matthew Stafford, I can see Jared Goff going to Detroit, becoming their their starting mm-hmm. quarterback. Yeah, actually, I'm, I'm going to piggyback right off of that. I think that's a good spot for Stafford. I think that works for both teams because. Mm-hmm. 
Goff will fit right in with the dumpster fire that is the Detroit Lions and with you know rebuild. Yeah, I, I, I think rebuilding Goff, with Goff. Yeah. I think he would be like a one and done type thing, just to you know get it's a, just to get you through the season. Yeah, you know? Goff is bad, so um, that'd be one of the few quarterback swaps in the same conference we've ever seen. Well, with that bad offensive line, I, I've never, I don't remember the last time I saw a quarterback swap in the same conference. I think if Stafford's getting traded, he's going to the AFC. That's true. I really do. Yeah, you don't name the last time you saw two quarterbacks get swapped in the same conference. This is just such a tough scenario with all these quarterbacks that could go literally anywhere. That's why I love this. You know this is I mean? a great Because there's a lot of shitty yeah. teams that have a lot of money, a lot of picks, well, a lot of assets. Let's let's move let's move to some meaty opportunities here. Let's get to the Patriots. Mm. See, yeah, I haven't touched on Cam yet. I want they're to bring super up Cam. aggressive. They're going to be super aggressive, right? Look, I, I actually don't think the Patriots are going to land a big name. I don't. I think they're going to go to what's comfortable. Now, I was tempted to take Jimmy G back to them. I have a hard time believing Jimmy G is they're, they're going to be able to trade enough back to get Jimmy G with the injuries and the problems they've had, giving up only a second-round pick the first time. There's, some, I think, some bad blood between those two teams. I don't know if Jimmy G has a trade clause or not, so I think that I'm going to stick with my Jets-Jimmy G situation scenario. Um, I actually think they're going to go back to somebody else who's comfortable, they're comfortable with and Jacoby Brissett. Oh, man, yeah. I think that's absolutely going to happen. He's only yeah. 28 years old. He's going to be cheap. He knows the system. He's one of the best backups in the NFL – but here's the caveat. They're going to draft Mac Jones out of Alabama. That is a perfect quarterback for the New England Patriots. He is Tom Brady-esque. Yeah, yeah. The way he plays football. A little more mobile, I'm but not, yeah. I'm not saying he's going to be Tom Brady. I'm saying yeah. the way he plays is very similar to young Tom Brady. And I think they're going to love that about him. He has all the experience, you know, being IQ. on a championship type of team. Yeah, exactly. I'm not saying he's going to pan out. I'm just telling you, I think that the, the Patriots are going to love him, and I think they're going to go get somebody they know and are comfortable with because they're going to miss out on Jimmy G. They're going to get Jacoby Brissett. What do you think, Eddie? I'm going to go uh, with Jimmy G. I think this is a perfect landing spot for Jimmy G. I don't, I don't think there's anything more perfect than reuniting with Bill Belichick. The only reason you got traded was be, to prove a point. Mm. That's, to me, that's the only reason why he got traded. Mm-hmm. He didn't get traded because he didn't have talent or anything. I think he can flourish in, in mm-hmm. Bill Belichick's system. He made Tom Brady the quarterback he, he is right now, and, and mm-hmm. we can't deny that. So I, I think Jimmy G, in the system of Bill Belichick and, and – I guess you can say they ha- they have similar play styles. Him and Tom Brady have similar play styles a little bit. They're they're pocket quarterbacks. They're not they're not your scramblers. And we saw what happened when he scrambled and he tore his ACL. So. Yeah, yeah, he's so he's, I, I can see I can good. see I can see the Patriots going after Jimmy G because that is somebody they know. And that, I mean, like I said, that yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 familiar. Yeah. It's comfortable, but at the same time, I don't know if there's bad blood there because Jimmy G, they broke up with Jimmy G. To take you know to keep Tom Brady there, so that could have I mean, he could have resentment but, towards them for that, you know him him thinking he's can, the better can, younger quarter quarterback at that, that moment, and then they broke up with him. Now that now they're going to ask him back. Now they want to date again. You know it just kind of has that weird. Mm-hmm. But that could be bad blood there between from at least at least from Jimmy G's end. But if, if he knows that they had to do that in order to kind of like, and that's not a great spot to go to right now. There's no it's, weapons it's, there. There's nothing. Not. There's nothing there. That defense is. Backpedaling. They, they have draft picks, but we know Bill Belichick is not a good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They've never good been good on their draft picks. They've depended on the, the you know Tom Brady yeah, and, and legitimate defenses. That's how. That's when they've always been good. Is when their defense has been great, and their defense definitely took a back step this year. I, I still think that New England, just with the name recognition, can can land some free agents. There. I don't think it'll be Jimmy though. I just don't. I uh, I don't. I don't think that's. I, I it would. I, mean, I would not be surprised if it happened. I just don't think that's going to happen. Um, I like the Jacoby Brissett call though for sure. It's, he's a he could, he's a guy that knows the system already. He's been there. Um, 
he he played well when he did you know when he's filling in that starting spot he actually played well and ran the offense really well and his mobility uh, he probably would be better than what cam was this year it couldn't be any worse i mean cam just couldn't throw the ball down the field correctly uh he was very mobile and good on, the, on his feet of course it's cam but jacoby's also very mobile too and he's got a much better arm at this point in their careers um so yeah i don't know man the the, the patriots is a murky one yeah that's a murky one because i don't know <laughs> it's uh, not attractive really go yes, there. I'm saying. it's not thing. attractive yeah seven-year-old bill belichick with no weapons Jacoby, still, ma- Jacoby makes more sense, too, because I think he'd be cheaper than Jimmy. And the Bills and Dolphins are on the come up. I mean, you're still in yeah. the Boston area, so th- that's a market that you can, you can, you know, mm. you, can, you, you probably It's like. only been a good market and, because of Tom Brady's success. But that's what Before I'm saying, him, they were nothing. Name, name recognition would be like, you know what? Let's go. Uh, Bill Belichick's still there. Let's see what, you know what I now, mean? Like, you, can still, you can still possibly get some. Yeah. I want to I wanna go to this one because I, you know, I kind of – tricked you guys on this whole like you know you don't see quarterbacks getting traded to conference teams same same conference teams i do think it happens though Mm -hmm. the chicago bears are in desperate need Mm. to make something happen matt nagy and their gm got re-upped for one more year Mm -hmm. the bears have given them one more ended on a good note man second half of the year was good i think they're still going to miss on some of the bigger names which is why they're gonna have to trade for somebody and almost overspend on a guy that has been to a super bowl before now he didn't play well in that super bowl but they're going to get a guy that's been in the Super Bowl. I think the Bears are going to trade for Jared Goff. I think they're going to get themselves an opportunity to have a quarterback Yuck. that's in his mid-20s that's conservative with the defense and the running game leading the way. He's, he's like Nick Foles light. What do you mean? He's actually he's better than Nick Foles. He's better than Nick Foles. <laughs> I guess. And he's better than Mitchell Trubisky. But he's not old. He's only 26 years old. I, I know that sounds like an unpopular thing Mitchell's right now. Mitchell's a starter, dude. But he's safe. I think a lot of these teams are going to try to go safe because they know they can't. Some of these teams are not in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. So they have to take what's next best. I think that Jared Goff is going to be traded to the Chicago Bears for picks on picks. Move it on, opening the opportunity for the Rams to have another quarterback. Let's move on. Eddie, who do you have the Bears taking? Oh, that's a that's a tough one. Uh, like, I mean, that's a that's a tough one. Um, let's see, who can I see with the Bears? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think the Bears are going to make any quarterback moves. I, I think they're sticking. They have to. Yeah, no, I think uh, no. You think they're going to stick with Trubisky? Yes, I do. I do think they're going to stick Trubisky, with Trubisky. I think, I think Trubisky. With their jobs on the line. I, I, I think, think Trubisky won them over the, the yes, last five games the, of the yep, season. That, and, and he, play, he, he did not play very well in that playoff game, but Mitchell was balling, bro, the last five games of the year. and he, he They were utilizing his, his mobility more, which is big for his game. Yeah, I think they're going. I think he's going to be the starter going into the year. I think they could make a move, but I don't think it's going to be. I don't think they're going to give up a lot of picks for a quarterback. I just don't move to Chicago. I just don't see it. I I don't see it. They're a team ready to win now. I could. At the same time, I say that. I say that, but Stafford fits that that team very well too. I can see them making. But it's in the division. division. Okay, but you're going to tell me LA is going to give up their quarterback for for. For what? What is LA going to get in return? Picks? Numerous picks. Yeah, but who's going to be because the Because I have a quarterback going to LA. Just hold on real quick. Yeah, but – So I have them – I have them picking up Jared Goff. Now going to the football team. Jared Goff Washington, is not going to – Washington football team. No one's going to trade for Jared Goff like that. Just numerous wait. Numerous picks. Just I wait. Don't. Washington football team, as crazy as it sounds and as much as I think this guy's just about done, I think there is going to be a reuniting of Cam Newton and Ron Rivera. I think that they're going to get him on the cheap. I think that they realize, look – we just need a guy that's going to go out there and not turn the ball over left and right. They trust Cam Newton because of the success Ron Rivera and him had in Carolina. I think that's what's going to happen. I think they're going to get him. The Alex Smith situation, I don't really know what's going to happen. I think Alex is going to probably ultimately retire. I think that they have to kind of move on from that. They have Kyle Allen there as a backup. They made way of Dwayne Haskins. 
I think that it's prime for Cam Newton to play one season, one more season with Ron Rivera, finish out on a good positive note, because I actually believe in that Washington team. I think that's going to be a good team next that season. Not a 7-9 team who makes it on the outskirts just by technicalities. I think they can be a 9-10 win team next season if Cam Newton can just stay healthy for one more season. I think that he goes there on the cheap. What do you think, Eddie? Yeah, sign me up for that. I think Cam Newton – I've told you before – that I think Cam Newton would go back to Ron Rivera, and you kept telling me he's like, no, that's, there's no way. He like Ron Rivera does not want Cam Newton. But I think that's a good that's a good relationship. I think yeah. they're still they still have a, a pretty good relationship. I know what Ron Rivera knows what he can get out of Cam Newton, and, and I mean he can he can put he can put uh, the pressure on Cam Newton to you know to. Mm-hmm. Given the results, that he could wants. also be the problem, though. He knows he knows what he can get out of Cam Newton. He also knows what Cam Newton can't get but, out. But at the same time, like who, what quarterback or what, like who wants to go there? So you're already you, you already have a hard situation. But if you can get Cam Newton, and you know what you can get out of Cam Newton, I mean, like Lance said, if you can get ten wins out of Cam Newton. You're succeeding already. I think the real question is, where's Chad Henney going to go? I think <laughs> Chad Henney can go to Washington. I'm just kidding. Um, no, I, I mean, like I said before a couple of podcasts ago, like I don't think um, – I, I know I, I said that Cam's not going to be in this league next year if he if he knows he can't get a starting job. That's just who Cam is, and he's made that pretty clear. Uh, so I don't – I mean, that would be an ideal spot, and that would probably be the only spot in my mind where I could see Cam landing because at this point I don't think anyone's really attracted to Cam anymore because mm-hmm. what we saw – the first couple of games, he looked great with the Pats, but then after teams figured it out and they shut him down, he looked terrible. The thing about it, though, is I think that Cam gets an opportunity with a team that has slightly better weapons. Yeah, Slightly. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. In, a, in an easier division. Yeah. You know, uh, I think they're going to upgrade at certain positions. Uh, you're going to have some guys back. Geis will be back. I think they're going to bring Geis it's a good, back. They have, they have a couple of good running backs over there. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Now, moving, la- moving to the last three that I have, and we're going to get our guy Darren Smith on in just a second. I want to talk about the Steelers. Now, there have been reports that Ben Roethlisberger is supposedly willing to basically come back for nothing. I don't believe that for a second, but I do believe that he does want to still play football. Mm. Now, the owner, uh, Rooney, came out and did say that, you know, oh, yeah, we'll see what happens and everything. You know, and, and you assume that that means that he just he, – they want Ben back. I don't know if I believe that. I, I don't know. I, it, it was very noncommittal the way – because I listened to it several times, uh, the way Mr. Rooney was talking about Ben – I feel like if you wanted a veteran quarterback badly enough, you would make it very known that hey, no, this is the guy we want to you know you know build not build but uh, you know give another season to like the Saints. You saw the way they were all in on Drew Brees coming back this season. I don't feel like the Steelers are that way. I think the Steelers are going to have to step out of their comfort zone a little bit because they're a loyalty franchise. You know they never change their head coach, they never change their quarterback. They're going to have to go out there and make a risky move. And I think the best way of doing that is going to get a young quarterback, and I think they're going to go and trade for Sam Darnold. Steelers don't ever do I, that. Think about it. I, the Steelers exactly. never do that. Just like the Packers never went out and got free agents. Yeah, so I, but then their new GM came in and made moves. Oof. I think they have to go young. I have to, think they have to go and give themselves an opportunity to go get a guy that is clearly not meant for the city he's in right now, in my opinion. Sam Darnold's not long for New York. I think he needs to go to Pittsburgh. And I think he has a, a really solid defense around him, an incredible head coach. And, and, and uh, skill set players all across the board. I think that that's the perfect spot for Sam Darnold. That seems loaded, man. Yes, I think that Sam Darnold can restart there, stay in the AFC, and make his name known in Pittsburgh and become that next quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They have to start over. And if they're not, they're not in a position to go and get a top-tier quarterback in the draft, they won 12 games this year. They can't. So they have to go and get what's next best, a 25-year-old young quarterback that's still got something to prove with plenty of talent. Eddie, what do you think? I... I... 
I don't I don't see the Steelers making any move at quarterback. Uh we saw them make a move about two weeks ago and signed signing uh Dwayne Haskins uh to a one year contract. Mm. I think that's that's that could potentially be their quarterback of the future. I if if Mike Tomlin can figure out the kid and can actually put him straight, you can potentially see uh Dwayne Haskins leading that Steelers team from uh Big Ben after Big Ben retires. Yeah. I, I just don't see the Steelers making that kind of move to to pick up a quarterback this offseason. I just don't see it. Yeah, the Steelers' entire franchise is the epitome of commitment. They commit to, they commit to coaches. They commit to quarterbacks. They, everyone's most most like legitimate pillar people in that within the organization, coaching-wise, player-wise, they tend to stick around. They're lifers. Most Steelers are Steelers for life. I think Big Ben's gonna be back next year. I think they're gonna lean on that eleven. I think they're gonna lean on that eleven zero start this year. I think they're gonna lean on his fight towards the end of that 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 Browns game. The way he fought and came back, his numbers really were really bad to start that game, but he finished it very very strong. He threw multiple touchdowns, damn near five hundred yards passing. Like he, I know the game was shitty, um, but they are they are biased towards Big Ben, and they have been for a long time. And they took his side over AB. They took his side over Le'Veon Bell. It's been the Big Ben show since he's been there. Yeah. They've been extremely faithful to him, and uh, he was not terrible this year, but he wasn't good. He definitely took a step back. But I just think the love for Big Ben, even in that fan base, I think most Steelers fans would tell you they want Big Big Ben. I just think that's uh, they have just like the faithfulness that's, in that yeah, fan base, and yeah, I just that's I, their identity. I just I don't. I've never seen that. I know you you brought up the the um, the comparison between the, um, uh, with the GM over at uh, making the. The new GM making a move with comparing the Steelers not make because I like when I brought up the Steelers not making a drastic move and they're known for not making any drastic moves. I just don't see the Steelers making any like loud move, made, especially at quarterback. Man, I, think I just already don't. Made their quarterback move. Do I mean I still think Jameis Winston will be a good fit there? I know I, I don't think they're going to pay up for that. They're going to I don't think they're going to throw money his way at this point. Yeah, with the Haskins, I don't see I don't see Winston leaving New Orleans at all. I, I think I think he should, should he should choose to stay. I think yes. there, like you said, the Lions could definitely throw some money his way. Depends. I think if I'm Jameis, he's probably going to chase the money. If I'm being honest, um, and have another opportunity to be the guy there. But if he's the, he wants to be the guy staying in New Orleans would be the point. But. Uh, this with the Steelers, I just think it's going to be the Big Ben show again. I think they're going to continue that same offensive scheme, getting the ball out really quickly, throwing the ball forty-five times a game. With those with those receivers, you can get it done. They want. I mean, they went eleven and zero. I mean, I know their their schedule is pretty soft, but at the same time, you go to eleven and zero. That's in the NFL. That's not something to you know bad an eye at. So. so I got a couple more teams I want to get to, and then we got to get Darren on because he's he's a busy man. Um, the Broncos, I think they're going to keep Drew Locke for their, as their starting quarterback for another year, but I think they're going to pick up a, a backup that's going to light a fire under Drew Locke, and it's a guy that's traveled across this league and always seems to find himself as a fan favorite. Geno Smith. I think they're going to. I think they're going <laughs> to sign Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think they're going to sign him to be the guy that's because they, they know that he'll come in at any moment and steal the job for a few weeks. Drew Locke knows that's yeah. going to be the case. So he's got to play his best football. I think they go and sign him and, and ignite a fire under his ass and, and try to make him play his best, which I don't think is going to work. Yeah, Fitzpatrick's going to go over there, win the job, uh, and then throw a six-touchdown game, and the next and then, week he's yeah. going to throw six interceptions. <laughs> right. Now, <laughs> I, I, said, I said that 49ers are going to tra- uh, trade Jimmy G. You notice I haven't talked about one particular quarterback yet, right? Yeah. When it comes to the biggest name that's potentially going to be on the trade block. I think the 49ers are going to go get Deshaun Watson. Hmm. I think they're going because they know they are a Super Bowl team. 
They just got there last season. They dealt with all those injuries this season. They had no real shot of getting there. Jimmy G's not a difference maker. You saw how he came up short in the Super Bowl last season. Deshaun Watson, outside of Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, you can make the case he's the best quarterback outside of those two in the NFL right now. You can make a case he's better than Russell Wilson. He has all the historic numbers. He has the second-highest quarterback rating of he's all be- time. He's better than Russell Wilson. Just led the league in passing. I think the 49ers know that. They have the draft capital. They have the cap space. If they cut Jimmy Garoppolo, they have $24 million in cap they can utilize. I think they're going to go get Deshaun Watson in a big, massive trade from the Houston Texans. Eddie, do you agree, or do you see something different? You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you on that one. Uh, I think if the 49ers really want to get back to the Super Bowl, they're a quarterback away. Uh, I think if they make that change at quarterback, I can see that that uh, Super Bowl contender out of out of out of, uh, out of the San Francisco. They they have the team. They have the weapons. They have the defense. They like you said, injuries were pretty much the big reason why the the, the 49ers weren't even a contender this season. Like pretty much their whole fucking team just broke something. Back to back stars on the defense side, yeah. tear their ACLs, so, back to back plays. Yeah, so uh, I would like some Deshaun Watson in in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he would flourish in that system. To be honest with mm-hmm. you, I think the Carolina Panthers are going to get Deshaun Watson, and I think that offense is going to be insane. You put Deshaun Watson in that offense with with Robbie Anderson, with uh, Christian McCaffrey, uh, obviously Christian McCaffrey, but. Um, who's the other receiver? Uh, gosh, Curtis Samuel. Well, Curtis Samuel and um, damn it, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the other receiver's name. Anyways, that offense has weapons, man. And you saw Teddy Bridgewater go out there and put up a lot of uh, pretty good numbers this year. But you get you put Deshaun on that offense, and that uh, and they're the team that's been pushing the hardest for Deshaun. And, I, and it's a good climate city to play football in. Really good fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a good young coach that's you know aspiring in a very good offensive mind. I know. Kyle Shanahan, obviously. Here I say they would rule the NFC. Hey, Matt Rule showed some showed some things this year, man, with Teddy B, uh, and that's a very limited quarterback, as for, for being honest. You you get the mobility of Deshaun with that with so with, with McCaffrey. I'm just saying, dude that that if that offense if they if they land, I think that's where he's going to go. Yeah. I think the Colts will be the best move for him because he's got that defense built in over there, and Carolina doesn't have that defense. But I, San Fran, I guess I'll say San Fran and and the Colts are the two best spots I think I, for I him to the, go if he wants to win now. I think that the, the Texans won't trade uh, to the Colts. They're already talking about uh, – yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying just throw divisions out the window and he, I, I, I the best see. landing spots for him, it's the Colts and then it's San Fran. San Fran but I think yeah. I think Carolina's third. I think Carolina – he walks into that offense with those weapons, two legitimate outside receivers and a, and a gadget guy and Curtis Samuel and then Christian McCaffrey yeah. and then Matt Rule who's drawn up the plays. That's a legitimate offense immediately. And I, that I division, know, that division if, isn't yeah. the strongest. I mean, I, if, 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 with the Saints maybe taking a step back – that can, that division could be up for grabs. Yeah, I just don't know if the if the Houston Texans are willing to trade in in conference. I, 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 the Panthers in the NFC. That's what I'm saying. The NFC. That's perfect for them. That, so that would make a lot of sense. I have one more prediction I'm going to use, but I'm going to save it for uh, the segment after Darren Smith's because our guy is ready to go. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, guys, we're going to have Darren Smith on from the from eight ten Sports Radio WHP, uh, talking some Chiefs versus Bucks in the Super Bowl Super Bowl Fifty Five. We'll get back to that after this.
Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City-themed apparel and accessories with an emphasis on counterculture. They're nominated for two Best of KC 2019 awards in the Pitch Magazine and have plenty of designs for both sports fans and anyone else. Find them online at CommandeerBrand.com or follow them at Commandeer on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Soft shirts, designed with an edge. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number two. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the Spoken Studios of my guys, Trevor Twidwell. What's good? Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. Guys, we are so excited. We need to get right to it because we have, we have I would say, the most frequent guest on the show, definite friend of the show, uh, Sports Radio 810 WHB's Darren Smith from the ship is here tonight for a very special purpose. Obviously, we have the Super Bowl to talk about, but it's not just the Super Bowl that we have to talk about and tackle. Darren Smith was the one that called this from the very beginning. First and foremost, Darren, how are we doing tonight, brother? Are you ready to take your little uh, victory dance? Well, you know, I'm, I'm always ready to run some victory laps, uh, you know, especially <laughs> when I write about something. So, yeah, <laughs> let's go for it. Hell yeah. Well, let's get right to the matchup because obviously this is the matchup that you foresaw. Uh, I was on your show several months ago when you talked to me about this, and I picked the Chiefs Seahawks. I didn't think that was going to – I didn't think the Bucks were going to be the team that was going to be able to make it through for various reasons. But the point is the Bucks are here. You know, their, their defense has shown up and forced turnovers, and uh, their offense has made uh, incredible strides at the perfect time. You know, they've, they've, they've capitalized. Well, now they're going to be against the best team, against the best quarterback, in my opinion, the best head coach in the NFL – in the Super Bowl, a team they've already take, taken on and have lost to uh, several weeks ago in, in Tampa Bay. Well, the Super Bowl is now in Tampa once again. Darren, what are you looking at from a matchup standpoint in this game? How, do, you, do you see it being a similar type of event that it was in Week 12? No, actually, I think it's going to be a much more higher-scoring game. I, I think uh, I think the Super Bowl will see the very best of Patrick Mahomes. I think, I think on this stage, we'll see the Patrick Mahomes that we – thought we were going to see uh, last year against the San Francisco 49ers, you know, last year that, you know, obviously there a lot of people think that Damian Williams should have won the most valuable player award. I think this year uh, for the chiefs to win it, Patrick is going to have to play lights out and be that MVP. I think he's going to have to have a monster type of ball game uh, for Kansas city to win. I, I, I do not think this is, this is not the same team that the chiefs beat, uh, you know, seven, eight weeks ago. You know, there's a lot of legacy uh, being thrown around in this uh, this matchup. Uh, you know, in every in every Super Bowl, there's always going to be storylines outside of the actual game. Correct. Many people consider Tom Brady to be the greatest quarterback of all time. He's without question the most successful quarterback of all time. And now that Patrick Mahomes has really taken unprecedented strides and has started his career unlike any quarterback in the history of the NFL, the natural conversation now in his second straight Super Bowl is. Can he and will he dethrone the legacy and the myth known as Tom Brady? Do you believe, regardless of how this game plays out, that that is still going to be the conversation going into next season? Let's say Patrick Mahomes wins this Super Bowl and beats Tom Brady, and let's say Patrick Mahomes plays really well. Do you think that changes anything as opposed to if if Patrick Mahomes plays well and and the Chiefs still end up losing this game? Or how do you see this playing out when it comes to a legacy standpoint between these two quarterbacks? Well, it depends on who's telling the story, who's telling the narrative. Obviously, it's going to matter not only how Patrick plays, but also how Tom Brady plays. I mean, Brady has to play well uh, as well, you know, so so basically you have to have two two people to dance and tango. 
Uh, so, you know, because you can't, you can't have one without the other if you're trying to compare legacies and what the storyline may be going into next season. Uh, if the Chiefs were to lose, obviously it's going to be it's going to be a bigger storyline that it's Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl without Belichick, and he's the first player to uh, to, to seven championship rings. So uh, the conversation with Patrick will, uh, uh, you know, Tom versus Patrick will be kind of uh, on the back burner because everybody will be talking more so about Brady winning it out, you know, without without uh, without Bill Belichick. Now to that point, when it comes to storylines. I think it hurts Patrick because I, I think I think Patrick would be. I don't. I, well, I, I, well, I, well. Okay, so if he were to lose, I think Tom Brady would have the head to head over him. I think it would be three games to two, uh, if, if I'm correct in that. If yeah, Brady, you're correct. You're correct. If, if Brady would win, so he would have that. But then, of course, Brady would have it over him in the Super Bowl. It's one thing for Brady to beat to beat uh, Patrick in his first year. For a trip to the Super Bowl, it's another to beat him in the Super Bowl. So that would uh, that would quote unquote hurt the legacy, as uh, as you would say, uh, when it comes to both players, because Tom Brady would have the edge over over Patrick Mahomes, especially when it mattered most. The Chiefs obviously, you know, have the majority of their their talent structure still in place. You know, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill are not only healthy, but are playing at an all time level. Patrick Mahomes is healthy enough, and he's playing incredibly. He absolutely torched the Bills' secondary and defense as a whole. The Chiefs look like they're going to keep all their their co- their coaching uh, play all their yeah their coaching for next season. I want to get to that in just a second. My first question is, you know, the Chiefs do have some issues at the offensive line. Now, me personally, I I, I think that the Chiefs can get enough out of just one game out of the guys they have currently with Austin Ryder not giving up a single sack since last Super Bowl. There is you know it's it's scary at the tackle position having not only Mitchell Schwartz but now Eric Fisher outs. And against this scary front seven of the Buccaneers, I mean, Darren, I, is that something you're really concerned about, man? Do you think that the Chiefs are going to be able to adjust accordingly? Oh, no, I'm not concerned one bit. One, you know, I've, obviously we had we didn't have uh, Mitchell Swartz, obviously the first time we played them, uh, I think it was week 11, week 12 or whatever. But to your point about losing Eric Fisher, that's the beauty of having two weeks before, you know, between the championship games and the Super Bowl. So, Whatever they're going to do, any of them, you know, saying put in this week. So, you know, so, so, so they've already, whoever the backup is or who, whoever started in place of, of Eric Fisher, I mean, they, you know, they, they've gone through practice and put plays in this week and next week, you know, as they prepare to travel to Tampa Bay, they'll just be doing walkthroughs. So uh, it, it's not a concern for me. I, look, you know, you and everyone else I always talk about Andy Reid after a bye week, so this is pretty much what it's going to be. So I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, the players will will be well coached. They'll be they'll be well prepared. And 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 as I said on my show all week, Patrick is not someone that sits that sits back and, and drops back in the pocket. Patrick's most dangerous feature, even though I hate it, uh, his most dangerous feature is his legs, and so he makes a lot of plays running, you know, running outside the pocket or running around in the pocket. So, you know, whether it, it's just a matter of them giving him enough time to decide if he's going to run the ball or if he's going to hand the ball off or if he's, if he's going to throw the ball, then, you know, which direction is he going to run to? Obviously, you just want him to run away from the blitz or the action or the pressure. So, no, I'm not, I'm not concerned one bit about, about our offensive line and, and, and what they're going to be facing against, uh, against Tampa Bay. Transition to the Chiefs' defensive side of things. Since last, since last playoffs, since the 2019 playoffs, the Chiefs' defense is only allowing 23 points a game. Uh, obviously, they've gone undefeated to this point, 5-0 in their last five playoff games. The Buccaneers' offense is 
in my opinion, I think are they are limited in certain regards. I think Tom Brady has been good in moments, but he threw three straight picks against the Packers, two of them in the in the fourth quarter. The Packers just simply could not capitalize on those turnovers. But they they're they're stacked. Let's just be honest. I mean, the offensive line's good. Tom Brady's still good. Their weapons are unbelievable. I mean, we can go down the list here. In fact, you can make the case the Buccaneers have the better offensive talent overall in this matchup. How do you think the, the the Chiefs defense is going to fare against this? Because on the flip side, you're talking about the Chiefs are, are peaking on the defensive side in many regards. Their secondary has been unbelievable against, against top-tier wide receivers. You just saw that last week against Stephon Diggs. How do you see it shaking down, Darren? Well, here's the thing. Um, to your point about Brady's line, this, he doesn't have a good line. He has a great line. That, that you know, Obviously, they drafted a left tackle, a uh, rookie left tackle in the draft last year. I mean, he was, he's been stellar keeping Tom Brady up and, and, and injury free this season. So, uh, you know, we, we, we got, we got to get respect where it's due. Um, as it relates to what our, what our, what our pass rush or what our defense can do again, you know, you, you kind of go back to what they did in the game down, uh, right after Thanksgiving. The key is, you got to remember, we brought Steve Spagnuolo in for, Three, three reasons. One, when it was 2019, it was to beat New England. It was to win the AFC Championship game and, of course, win the Super Bowl. This time around, it's to beat Tom Brady because, of course, he has, you know, he, I mean, he's, he's been, he's been successful designing defenses and plays or whatever to get, to get Tom Brady because he knows the key to getting Brady is pressure. And so, you know, if Brady doesn't know where their pressure is coming from, then, I mean, that's obviously, that's a good thing uh, for, for teams that are, that are opposing them. If you're if you're the defense, look, you have to. Again, it's what I said before. If you don't hear Chris Jones or Frank Clark's name being called early in the ball game, then that's a problem because they're not getting enough pressure to uh, Tom Brady. Uh, I think, but 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 the key is for Spax Bags will be able to um, disguise, you know, the type of blitzes and, and defense that that he'll send he'll send our defensive backs off to, you know. I will say this. I, I think Kansas City still has the, the better offense, but uh, don't sell Tampa Bay's offense short. I mean, they, they they scored 40 points, I think, twice during this seven-game seven game winning streak, and they scored 30, I think, three other times. So, I mean, they can they can put the ball in the air, and, and they can win in myriad ways. I mean, they, if they if they had to pound the ball like they did, um, I believe like they did against Washington or like they did against uh, New Orleans. I mean, they can do that if they can, you know, but if you want to go, if you want to do a shootout, they can do that as well. So, I mean, they, they have, they have the athletes, they have the, you know, and and they do have the players. I think, I, I think the, I think the lights could possibly be, be too bright for, for, for a lot of their players who have never played in the Super Bowl before. I think for Gronk and, and Brady and to an extent, uh, Antonio Brown, I, I think they'll be okay. Uh, but, you know, everyone else, you know, you, you kind of got to, you know, I mean, the good thing for them is that they're playing at home. So, you know, they just have to figure out, you know, how they how they handle all the all the bright lights and stuff. But Chiefs defense, I, look, I trust I trust bags in the situation again, just like Andy, just like Andy Reid. You give them two weeks to prepare. I'm aside with the Chiefs on that. It is, it is a unique thing that the Chiefs are the first team in Super Bowl history to have to have a true road Super Bowl game, even though they're going to be wearing their home jerseys, which I actually am a fan of. I know everybody wanted to see the white on whites, but I, I love the red, man. I love the red red and gold. So two, I don't two, think it matters. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think it is. I mean, yeah, it's, it's more of just a look thing, an aesthetically pleasing type of thing. But two more questions, Darren. I know you're a busy man. We're going to get you out of here. 
on the on the coaching side, and I, I promised that I was going to get to this. Um, it, it has been a it seems a damn near annual uh, situation we have to talk about, unfortunately. And it's why in the hell Eric Bieniemy still has not gotten an opportunity to be a head coach in this league, even though he has done more than proven himself at the NFL level and has done more than majority of these guys that are getting jobs on an annual basis. And now that we've seen all the coaching availabilities go, come and go. It, it's almost a thing for me, Darren, why I have to ask the question, is it, the, is it because of the fact that Eric Bieniemy is somebody who really does stand for his, you know, that wants to be a man in charge that knows who he is and understands that what he is and knows his worth. And some of these teams are hesitant, not, not justifying it, but are hesitant because they don't believe that they want to coach. They want to control the situation. I mean, what at this point, Darren, I have no other belief, other reason uh, we had, we had Ron the show Hughley on a couple weeks ago and I asked him the straight up there. It's either Eric Benamy being choosy and he wants the, be, the best position, best situation available, which is laughable. I agree. Or it's, it, it's racially driven. It's got to be one of the two, man, because I don't see any other reason. It, it, you want to say it's not because he doesn't do play calls. Andy Reid didn't do that either. There are several other coaches that didn't do play calling before they got the head coaching jobs that have just got head coaching jobs. Darren, what in the hell is going on, man? Well, it is white supremacy that raises the likely head. And you know, at the end of the day, you're not going to tell um, a white billionaire who's paid two, three, four billion dollars for an NFL football team. Uh, you know, to, um, uh, you know, who he can hire. And so, you know, I mean, look, obviously, you know, you pay, yeah, well, I think Bill Parcell said it best, you know, if you, if you hire him, you know, if you're going to hire the chef, at least allow him to go do the shopping or whatever. That's something that some, some owners, look, some owners are happy or they're okay with having a black quarterback, you know, out there, you know, front and center, because why, you know, you can control them. The owner, I mean, the head coach is a little bit different. And so, you know, not not everybody wants that as a representation of their team. Uh, and so that's, yeah, I mean, there's 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 probably a lot more to it and a lot more deeper uh, into it that, you know, unfortunately, I just don't have the time to go into tonight. But uh, it's, it, it's, it's a situation where it is laughable. I mean, you look at, obviously, the, the head coach in, uh, in, in Detroit with his introductory Presser, you know, no black man, uh, whether it's Eric Benny or anybody else, could go in there talking about chopping somebody off at the knees or whatever. And of course, um, uh, the guy up in New York, uh, uh, I'm sorry, not not New York, but uh, Philadelphia, Philadelphia, yeah. Nick Casario, like, yeah, Nick Casario. But but then but then I'm also thinking of the New York Jets with, with Adam Gay showing up high. <laughs> so I'm, so I mean, there, there's you know, so to me. As it relates to Eric Bieniemy and others, the goalpost continues to get moved, uh, you know, every year because what this year, well, even with the Houston Texans, they said they wanted somebody, you know, who called plays and previous experience. And no offense to Dave Collins, you know, but he, he didn't do either. And so, you know, his track record with Kansas City in 2014 as the as the uh, as the what, quarterbacks coach or the wide receivers coach, you know, I mean, none of your wide receivers that year caught a touchdown pass uh, at all in 2014, and then. And then in uh, uh, in Baltimore this year, you know your wide receivers were were ranked thirty second out of thirty two. So I mean that's, but you know, but 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 the other thing is that you hire a sixty five year old head coach, which when you're the Houston Texans, you're not you're not planning on him being around five to ten years. So, but what do you do? You go ahead and you pretty much bring his his successor onto a staff. Uh, in in uh, 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 what's that damn quarterback's name? Um, Josh McCown, I guess his name. Uh, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. So, I mean, but they, you know, they're, they're bringing him on staff. So obviously, you know, it, you got Deshaun Watson who wants to get out of there. So now you got a, you got a black head coach in there who, who, who's, who's going to be without, who's going to be without his star quarterback. And I mean, I, I think he's going to be in a situation where he's going to be Steve Wilk out of a job after one year. And that's just unfortunate. And that's what I feel bad for, you know, Coley is the fact that he is just basically a lame duck before he even gets a real opportunity to show what he can be as a head coach. And he's putting him, he's put in a position of failure. So I couldn't agree more, but my, my, my last question on, on, a, on a much lighter note, but I had to ask that question, Darren, because I know you're always going to give us uh, your, your, your genuine reaction and your, your genuine viewpoint. Cause you're one of the few out there that speak your mind without any hesitation or quite frankly, any apology. And that's why we love having you on. Uh, but, and I, and I try to get, <laughs> I try to give you us, you know, get us uh, some early score predictions, but I know that, you know, you got your rules. I got mine. I get it, man. I respect it. But just a straight up question. Do you see the chiefs running it back and getting this back-to-back championship? Or do you think Tom Brady gets a seventh? Uh, first of all, you asked me a, a dumb question because you know I had the Chiefs going undefeated. So I, had to go undefeated. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I got I got the Chiefs winning. So yeah, I, so uh, quite you know, it's, it's no secret I, I have Kansas City winning. Um, I I just have not decided yet as it relates to the score of the spread. Uh, obviously, I, I'll wait till till next week when I'm doing my stuff on Saturday and Sunday on eight ten. But uh, I, I do see the Chiefs winning. I haven't decided yet about because you know the point spread is between three and three and a half, and you know outside of last week, it's been it's been damn near two months since Kansas City has, has covered a point spread. So I'm I'm really concerned because I think this is going to be a high scoring game. I think it could be a situation where it actually does come down uh, to the last play, but I could also see a scenario where the Chiefs have have a big enough lead to where to where Brady scores a late touchdown that makes it that makes it look a little bit more competitive. Kind of you know kind of like the game in uh, in in November when you know where the Chiefs were up what 27 to 17 or whatever and, and then Brady scores a touchdown and, and the Chiefs run out the clock so it looks it looks respectable like 27-24 but the Chiefs were never really in any danger of losing that game. So I can see a scenario where it's like that where the Chiefs could get up early Look, the key for Chiefs and Chiefs fans is this. When does Kansas City get the lead? Do they get the lead when it's, you know, if, if Tampa Bay is up 7-0 and Kansas City gets the lead at 10-10-7? The key for Kansas City to win that game and to win it convincingly, get the lead, whether it's 7-0, and then, and, and, and then get and get to a situation where you can get uh, Tampa Bay to go three and out. If you if you can get them to go three and out and you're, and you're up by at least three or seven, I, th- I think then if Kansas City can do that and then turn around and get a score, well, let me tell you about get a touchdown where you're up convincingly 10 to 14. I think right there, you, you know, I think if that happens, Kansas City will end up winning the game more convincingly because cause Kansas City, obviously, their defense is built uh, to maintain a lead versus come back from behind. So that's what you know, that's going to be the key. Kansas City, if, if Kansas City is up by a minimum of two scores, whether it's 10 points or whatever, then yeah, Kansas City. W- We'll win the game uh, outright, uh, whether it's, you know, whether it's by three, three and a half or what have you. You heard it here first, guys. Our most faithful, most loyal guest. I don't even call him a guest anymore. He's a a regular at this point. He's he's family to us. Our guy, Darren Smith. You can follow him on Twitter at DarrenSmithWHB. You guys can find his show on Sports Radio 810. He has the best show, in my opinion, around in the Kansas City area. I love listening. I love tuning in. Uh, He's very informative. If you want to – here's the thing about Darren real quick – 
He's not just a sports guy. This man is very opinionated in, the, in, in, in every aspect. So if you want to friend him on Facebook at Darren Smith, feel free. Just let you guys know he's going to keep it real with you at all times, and he does not have a problem clapping back. I, I, don't, I don't think I need, to, I don't need, to, need to say that for you, Darren. You can speak for yourself in that matter. Well, uh, you know, the funny thing is I had somebody from the star call me today because of a tweet I put out yesterday. He's like, hey, man, I was calling because I didn't know if you were taking that shot directly at me. Like, it is what it is. You know, because I, I, I talked about everybody wanting to be a social justice warrior all of a sudden. <laughs> I did see that. I did see that. I mean, the, the boldest the boldest man in Kansas City sports media. By far, he is, he is somebody you absolutely need to cling to and follow. We love it when he gets on the show, guys. He always gets us pumped and ready to go. He always brings it, and I cannot wait to get him back on. But in the meantime, my man has a busy night ahead of him, and we cannot thank him enough for taking some time to be with, be with us here at The Spoken. My guy, Darren Smith, thank you so much for being here, and I hope you have a great weekend, my brother. Anytime, man. Y'all you, you, be good, and then uh, let's do this after the Super Bowl. Absolutely. We got you booked in, brother. That is Darren Smith, Sports Radio 18 WHB, guys. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we got the Eddie Hour. Full swing, full motion, baby. We got a whole show ready to go, guys. We'll get back to that after this. Casey Hemp Company your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas City, shipping nationwide, ancient plant for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Casey Hempco. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number three. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the Spoken Studios with my guys, Trevor Twidwell. What's good? Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. Just had an incredible conversation with our guy, Darren Smith. Uh, I would highly recommend, like I said, you guys follow him. He is the most, I would say, you know, with us aligned, we're, you know, very outspoken here, literally and figuratively. Uh, Darren is, you know, he's got a platform, man, and he definitely utilizes it to the fullest of his abilities. And I respect the hell of the guy. He he has to pack. I believe he's going to be going to... Tampa, if I'm not mistaken. Tampa, so, Tampa. Yeah, Tampa. Easy. So, yeah, exactly. And we're like I said, we're going to kind of hold off on some of our talks when it comes to the, when it comes to the, the Chiefs and uh, Buccaneers Super Bowl because we got next week to do that, guys. And before we get to the Eddie Hour, I did promise you guys that I was going to give you my final quarterback move prediction uh, in this segment. I'm going to finish it off. I, I told you guys that I had Jared Goff moving to the Bears. I know that sounds crazy right now, but we got a long offseason to go which means the Rams have an availability. Uh, if you guys heard the general manager of the, of, uh, uh, of the Rams by the name of Les Snead when he had his interview this last week, he was asked about Jared Goff and his future with the Rams. Les Snead made a very specific statement, and he used a specific line that I found very interesting. First of all, he didn't commit to Jared Goff. He said he's at Ram right now. He also mentioned that, you know, although Jared Goff has a lot of money tied to him, I believe it's over $60 million in guaranteed dollars still in his name with the Rams, that you can still find a way to maneuver that, which sounds like, to me, they're going to move off Jared Goff because this team is primed and ready to go. They have the best, arguably the best defense in the NFL. Got a lot of money strapped to Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. They got to win now. And they, they're not a team that – they could definitely get to a Super Bowl. Absolutely. They can get right back into the Super Bowl. They get the right quarterback. The line that made me think the way I'm thinking is Les Snead said it's a beautiful mystery when it comes to the quarterback position. Do you guys know who else used that line this week when it came to their future with their current team? Aaron Rodgers. Hmm. 
Aaron Rodgers said that exact same line two days before Les Snead used that exact same line. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be the next Los Angeles Ram quarterback. It is a perfect fit. It is back home. California is where uh, Aaron Rodgers is from. And I made this prediction over a year ago. I said that I think Aaron Rodgers is going to finish his career with either the 49ers or the Rams. I think he's going to go to California and get himself an opportunity to finally be on a team. Because think about it. The polar opposite of the Green Bay Packers have been a team that's aggressive, like the Rams, going out and getting free agents, trading for big-time names, not being afraid to hit hit the cap hard. Packers have been the opposite of that. And Aaron Rodgers had to put up with that a lot. Now, he has had his own blunders in the playoffs. So what better way, knowing that the Packers just traded up for Jordan Love, that is their future guy, what better way to keep yourself relevant and give yourself an opportunity in another championship than go to a team that has a team a defense that only gave up 17 passing touchdowns last season that's got Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and a great run game in Cam Akers that can go out there and get more guys they you know are going to go out there and, and attack free agency mm-hmm. at the tail end of your career. You just won MVP. You add Aaron Rodgers to the equation with the L.A. Rams. That is, in my opinion, depending on how Deshaun Watson and the 49ers, which would make that great, by the way, you have Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson in the same division and Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. Insanity. I'm here for it. I want to see it happen. I think it's going to happen. What do you guys think real quick? It's hot, huh? I love it. It's hot. It's hot, yeah. Yeah, I can see it happening just because uh, Aaron Rodgers is pissed at the organization uh, out there in Green Bay. Uh, they did him dirty. They they disrespected the men so bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and though a lot of people are blaming uh, the the head coach for that loss against Tampa Bay, I think in, I think I think Aaron Rodgers could have could have done something in that third and goal. I think he could have ran that in. Absolutely, got within the one yard yeah, line. It's it on both him and LaFleur. Yeah. So, I yeah, I I would love that move. Sign me up. Yeah, so, after after yeah, I mean after what happened this past game, um, I think he really needs a change of scenery. Uh, yeah. just just for his psyche, him going back to the coast where he's from. Uh, yeah, it's it's comfortable. I think it would be a smooth transition for him. I think him and McVay would flourish. Win ready, um, it's win ready. Dude. I mean, that's a that that's the kind of coach that would, that works step in step with with Aaron Rodgers. I think he would have a field day with Aaron Rodgers. What he could do with that arm. <laughs> I mean, we've seen we've seen what he's done with these with these you know so so offensive weapons in Green Bay. I mean, I'll give Devontae Adams all the credit in the world. That's the best weapon he's ever had. But. Um, with uh, multiple weapons and a, a legitimate running game that's consistent. Um, I like Aaron Jones a lot, but he's not very consistent. Um, and he's kind of an undersized guy. But Cam Akers being a legitimate beast, um, them having depth of the running. I, yeah, that's a legitimate – both there and San Fran would be great spots for him. Um, San Fran, I think, is the better team if he goes to there. Yes. Uh, but, I, but I do think he would mesh better with, with McVay than he would Shanahan. Uh, Shanahan's definitely a run first kind of quarterback or kind of coach, and he he likes to get the running game. I mean, that would I think either way would work, but I think McVay is a better marriage. Uh, man, man, I I would love you know me. I'm a Rodgers guy all through and through. I was extremely pissed when they drafted the quarterback last. Uh, um, you guys know how heated I was yeah. about that. I was pissed, um, and I felt they did him dirty, and I felt they did him dirty not letting him go for fourth in the fourth down. I think they should have just let him go for it. Um, yeah. I definitely think a change of scenery works, and I think go, going to the West Coast makes 
more sense in any other location. Besides right? the Deshaun Watson to the 49ers uh, prediction, I think that's the one that I'm I'm like most confident in. I think it's actually going to happen. I don't think the I Packers are going to sit Jordan Love for another season when mm-hmm. they just trade up from the first round. You don't see guys they trade up for in the first round sit for multiple seasons, especially with a quarterback, again, at the age that Aaron Rodgers is, just had an MVP season. But you know that this team's kind of capped out, especially Aaron Jones and other guys not having contracts right now. There's a yeah. lot of money and a lot of motion that they can do. Uncertainty. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers would even – Aaron Rodgers can demand a trade, and he can he can hamstring the Packers if he demands a long-term deal. Oh, yeah. They can't give that he's to him. He's got the leverage. They, yeah, he's got the leverage here. So the teams are going to be gunning for him if they know he's wanting out. Yeah, so teams are going to be wanting that. Let's hear from you guys. Uh, let us know who you guys – or where you think some of these quarterbacks are going. We're going to talk about this throughout the offseason because, like I said, we have until at least March for this thing to really start popping off when free agency is official. Nevertheless – Let's get to the the moment. Let's get to the segment that we've all been waiting for, the Eddie Hour. Eddie, how we doing, bro? Pretty good. How about yourself? Not bad, bro. Let's do this. All right. Let's start it off with the NBA, man. Uh, If the Lakers do trade for uh, Bradley Beal from the Washington, what does Bradley Beal add to the uh, Lakers? Another championship ring. If if the Lakers find a way, and again, there's going to be some great suitors out there. Uh, The Knicks, from what I'm hearing, are are basically telling the Washington Wizards, we'll give you anything you want. I don't know if the Knicks really have what the Wizards are looking for. If the Lakers can pull off this trade, and they will have to give up some serious assets to make this happen, there is nobody in the NBA that's going to even come close to competing with the Lakers. It it just Bradley Beal is averaging 35 points a game right now. 35 points. I know it's only about 18, they've lost 19. seven straight games. Yeah, 18, 19 games into the season. I know it's early. He's not going to average that for the full season. But Bradley Beal is having an MVP season, and he's on maybe the worst team in basketball. They've lost every single game that Russell Westbrook started. Yes. They're 0-7 with <laughs> Russell Westbrook in the, in the starting lineup. Yeah, that I'm is a saying. disaster. He, and he even came out and said that he purple and gold. Yeah. If that if they make that happen with That's, LeBron yeah. James still playing at an MVP level, Anthony Davis we know is going to give you 25-12 and 12 every night, and Bradley Beal averaging 35 a game, adding to this equation, they're going to have to probably trade off Kuzma, KCP, multiple first-round picks. You're going to lose some assets. You, you bring in a 28-year-old Bradley Beal motivated and hungry to win a championship, mm. it's a wrap. It is a, if they get him, it is a wrap. I don't care what the Nets are. I don't care what the Nets do. It's a wrap. The Lakers repeat. Yeah, you guys know that I was the one that was pushing for Bradley Beal. That's who I wanted the Lakers to get this past offseason. I think that was the perfect guy, the guy that can go get you 30-plus every single night. He's a great counterpart to the big that is Anthony Davis and the, the facilitator that is LeBron. I mean, that just opens the entire – you could get KCP package, all those guys, get them out of there. We know what works in the NBA. It's superstar talent. It's star talent that wins in this league. It's not always the depth. It's not. That's not always how it works. It's who is the who who you're dominant players and how are, are they consistent night in night out. That's all that matters. If you get a big three and 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 Beal, LeBron, and AD. It's over. forget about the Nets. Just forget about it's it because I, and I love the Nets. I love that that three over there. I I think they're going to come out of the East. I do like them coming out of the East, but. If they meet Beal, AD, and LeBron, especially the way LeBron's been playing lately, Five I know they're on. A, I know they're on a little losing stint right now, but that's that's just the the art of the sport. That's just how it goes. You you lose some, you win some. They just lost their first road game this past what two days ago. So the Lakers are going to be the Lakers are by far the favorite, and if they get Bradley Beal, it's a wrap. It is a wrap. Mm, I like it. All right, we're sticking to the NBA. Uh, 
Rumors are coming out saying that Lonzo Ball will probably be traded before the deadline. There's actually bets um, that uh, have Who been gives being, a traded, shit? being traded <laughs> at the deadline. The Warriors are listed as favorites to land him with trading Kelly, Kelly Oubre for Lonzo. I want to get your thoughts on that. I don't know if I, I think that's the best move for the Warriors. I, I don't know if – are we certain that he's better than Kelly Oubre? What has he changed to any team? I, I, I mean, I feel, like, not a game I feel like, this, but I do feel like this is going to become Lonzo's reality. I think he's going to be one of those guys that kind of bounces around team to team because he doesn't really have anything great to his game. He's a really good defender. He's good at facilitating. A good on ball defender. He's good on ball defender. Yes, what you need in this league, you need sure. a good on ball defender. You can always find wing protectors. You can always find those guys. Lonzo's a good defender. He's not great at anything. I know he's only what twenty four years old. Very streaky 24. shooter. Yes. Very. He, he lacks confidence. He, I, he doesn't. Yeah. He never looks confident. I just there. need to see. I need to see more from Lonzo before I can really base an opinion on his value to any just, team yeah. he may get traded to. Could it happen the worst? I guess, but I, unless they're just looking for more defense, which they already have that Andrew Wiggins. I feel like they already have a good wing protector and a, and a perimeter defender, on ball defender, and Andrew Wiggins. I don't really see what Lonzo if, would change for because Uber is not a good defender. But Ubre can score. But that's Ubre, the thing about Ubre. the thing about Ubre is, and what co- I know coaches like, they like confidence. They like guys that are going to go out there and attack the the rack, regardless. Even if if they're missing, they like guys that because Ubre's got one job: is to go out there and score, yeah, and to be an energy guy. Yep. Lonzo's not that. If you're trading for Lonzo Ball, you're trading for him to be the facilitator. And I don't know if I don't think Steph Curry is going to hand over the facilitation role. I know he had the best passer, but that that's a Steph is a ball dominant guard. When Lonzo's on the court, it's four on five because he okay, doesn't but, score. But the thing so is, what, you, I'm, what I'm saying Steph is, puts more pressure on Steph to score. Right, but what I'm saying is, Lonzo's not like it's not like Lonzo's a three and D guy. Yeah, he's a D guy, but he's also a, a true point guard. He's a facilitator. Yeah. He's a he's a he's a he's got a good motor. He's let's, a guy that can go back LeVar. and forth. Let's see, what he, you know, friend of the show, <laughs> the Ball. I mean, his, his younger brother's already taken over the status of the Ball. Yeah, ball get, him back to, get him back to the California side of things. I guess Lamar will be on Melo. Melo's the star. Melo's the star, dude. Melo's the star. It's. I bought my new big baller brand shoes this week, guys. Got them for nine ninety nine. Yeah, I'm at Walmart discount. Film about sport. I'm Clarence Rack. Gonna sport for the Super Bowl. Right. B. This is uh this is just a question from me. Like uh uh well, yeah, I'm, a so- I'm a soccer player. Yeah. But it's like uh I guess personal. Not personal, but I, about to have a sappy moment. Holy shit. No, that's not a sappy okay. moment. Uh why many NBA players avoid playing for USA during the season? Cause I know they have I believe the Sun Cup coming up uh, for the uh, to, uh, for the Olympics, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Why do NBA players yeah. avoid playing for USA? Because of the fact that they're in the middle of their season. Uh, contractually, I think they're they're obligated to fulfill uh, only their NBA side of things. I don't think I, I know that teams are sometimes leaning on it. The thing about it is, when it comes to US players, you're gonna ha- you're 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 asking for the stars. And you're asking stars to literally stop the middle of the season to go and play. And it's not about the NBA season. It's, it's hard for me to – I know in Europe that's a normal thing. Yeah, no, that's like, I guess like for me, like for like soccer-wise, like because so- a soccer player dreams of playing for the national sure. team. Like and that's the number one goal. I think that is a thing. National team. I think that is a thing here in, in America. I don't well, want to say just, downplay it. I just don't feel like NBA players have that – that mentality of going into the NBA and saying, "Hey, I'm I want to play for the USA." I don't think they go in with that mentality. I don't think I will say it's not as big of a priority to American players as it is to international players, foreign players. Any, it's it's very you know honestly, let me be real with you. That's something I've never really thought about. 
because I, and that, I think that I think that echoes the statement that it's not a big priority to American athletes. I think that they like it. I think it's cool to them. You know, they get to be. You know, let's try to be the next dream team. You know, they they think back to the retro days. It definitely days used to mean old. more. It used to mean more. Yes, yeah. but now I think, like I said, with getting your money and trying to win an NBA title, I think it's there. There's more of a domestic focus on what it is to be an American athlete and what it means to be great because. NFL's king. You don't have international football, even though they try to push that, push that, push that. That's gone nowhere. So there's there's a different type of focus here in America, and I think it doesn't shouldn't really shock anybody that it's we about focus branding. on ourselves. It's very yes. big about branding out here. But at the same time, having said that, when the time comes for like the Summer Olympics, yeah, and the and the NBA players are out there getting their, we've seen all the greats do it. They've right. all gone. They've all went on to play. Carmelo Anthony is, I think, the all-time leading scorer, and he's a Hall of Fame NBA player. It's not mm-hmm. like they get all the schmucks out there. LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Chris Paul, you name it. Vince Carter, Kevin Durant, all those guys went and played for America, Dirk, yep. for the U.S. Yep. It's just, I think it's a timing thing. I think that they're in the middle of their season. That's not really their focus to go out and do that. You don't have players go out on loan, you know, like you do in, in, in Europe. You know, you go and you rent a guy for a few months. That's not how they do things out here in America. It's just different. I just think it's a culture thing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know too much about who is interested and who's not interested. I know, especially this season, this season being what it is and what's going on in the world right now. Um, I think less exposure to <laughs> various situations and locations is probably best bet for a lot of these guys. And, the, and to be quite honest, man, this this season is outside of the juggernaut that is the Lakers and you know the Nets. What they just built, there's a lot. This, this playoffs are pretty open. There's a lot of teams. There's not really any, you know, bottom feeders in the NBA right now. Most teams I feel like can can make a playoff spot. There's not a really there's not a team I can really look at. Even the Knicks, the Knicks have been playing well. You know what I mean? There's, the Knicks can make the playoffs this year. So I mean, it, there's not really a team I can look at and be like, "Oh yeah, they're just doomed. They're not going to make the playoffs." Like I feel like any team can make the 8th seed. There's not a team that's just completely out. So right. I think a lot of these guys are all trying to make a name for themselves. Like I said, branding, a lot of these youngsters, there's a lot of young talent in the league right now trying to make a name for themselves. Uh, Zion for sure. If Zion misses the playoffs again this year, that's a bad look. I just just being honest, he needs to make the play. Or he needs to because they did they make. Oh, they didn't make the playoffs last year. Last year, did they? No, they that's had eight saying. games to do it. They could. So, do so, it. so yeah. that's what I'm saying. They failed last year in the bubble, and it was like literally set up for them to make it, and they still failed. So guys like Zion, all these young studs that are trying to make the league, you know, I don't think, um, I don't think a lot of the guys glorify the the American, you know, gold as 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 much as a lot of the guys from our era. And the eras before that did. I don't think it's it holds as much weight anymore. I mean, I think it's a bad move. I think having that on your resume, I mean, ask like you said, ask Carmelo, ask these guys that have won the gold, ask Kobe Bryant, ask LeBron James, these guys that have you know done it um, and beat great teams. And another thing too, it's a great learning experience. You know, you get to learn from the best coaches. They pick handpick a lot of the best coaches in the world to learn from, and you learn. We saw, man, guys. Once the European ball kind of started, you know, being implemented into America and, and into the game, it changed the entire NBA. When we started going over and playing Argentina and playing, you know, the likes of Mono Ginobili before he was really known, because the Olympics is what put, kind of put Mono Ginobili and Tony Parker and those guys on the map, because that's when Popovich really started seeing these guys and the talent and Dirk Nowitzki, guys like that. That's when we started playing those guys. That's when we started implementing, and it changed the league. It changed the way people play basketball in America. So, I mean, there's a lot of benefits to being, you know, playing overseas and seeing other guys play in new styles. I mean, the Luka Doncic's of the world, you know, guys like that. They wouldn't have been in this league if it wasn't for, you know, having that international back and forth and playing these guys and learning from these guys. So there's a lot of great things that come from it. 
And I don't think a lot of these youngsters really see it that way, at least not yet. But I think I think it's a bad move for a lot of guys that are choosing to opt out and not even try to go for it. I think it's a great thing to have in your resume as, a, as an athlete. Do you think that the Paul George injury is what's making a lot of oh, that's a lot a, of, that was a freak thing, man? Yeah, that that's ne- that never happened. That was the worst thing. I mean, that's the, that could happen in any game. Yeah. Period. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was just it. Just happened to be a really bad time, just like the Kevin Ware injury, and you know, like oh my god, it's just freak things like that happen. You know, or Sean Livingston. Yeah, that happened in an NBA game in America, man. Like stuff like that happens. It's a contact sport. It's a physical sport. That I don't think that holds any way. I just think a lot of these guys just are really focused on themselves. And, and, and more power to them. Like I said, these guys want to brand themselves. These guys want to be, you know, entrepreneurs when they're out of the league and they want to build their brands. You know, and this is the best time to do it. We live in the era where social media is king, man. Mm-hmm. So, all right, moving on. Uh, last two questions are USC related. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on the McGregor Poirier fight this past weekend. Uh, yeah, I came out with a pretty strong statement, and uh, I got a lot of pushback on. It. That's fine. I, I feel like McGregor's uh, time is up. Hmm. Um, I'm not saying he can't win fights anymore. I have a hard time believing he can win meaningful fights now. Uh, he, he's he's been essentially out of the game as a full time fighter for more than more than two years. Uh, he got his ass absolutely beat by Poirier. Uh, he got his ass absolutely beat by Khabib. He wanted another fight with Khabib, and I thought that was absolutely hilarious because he's not going to beat Khabib. No one's beating Khabib. Yeah. He's the greatest fighter of all time, if you ask me, uh, outside of Bones Jones. Khabib or uh, uh, McGregor came back and, and beat Donald Cerrone. Who hasn't beat Donald Cerrone at this <laughs> point? I mean, Donald Cerrone's been an awesome fighter, and so he's fun. He's a jobber at this point. But he gets knocked out, and he yeah. gets beat a lot, and he takes every opportunity to make money. I yeah. get it. What is what has McGregor done since beating? Uh, uh, oh my God! I'm, I'm now I'm blanking. Uh, Josie Aldo. Since he beat Josie, Aldo, was that 2016, yeah. 2017 when he did that. He's had an awesome career. I get it, and he's always going to sell tickets. He's always going to get pay per views because McGregor's fun. But at this time of his career, I think it's done. I think he's I think he's going down the Ronda Rousey route. Ronda Rousey had her time of dominance, and then better fighters came along, mm. and then she started getting her ass kicked. She beat think, a bunch of nobodies, though. I get that. My point, though, in the same context of it is that McGregor had his time of dominance. It was short. It I, would was say, I would say maybe Chuck Liddell type of path because Chuck Liddell started to get his ass knocked out more sure, and more. Sure, sure. Yeah, absolutely. He was one of the best maybe, knockout artists Okay, ever. We'll, we'll go that path. My yeah. point is McGregor, I think he's past his prime. I think he's no longer a championship fighter. I think he's now just a, a, a sideshow, if we're going to be honest, not to disrespect him. But it's going to be more about – yeah, exactly. It's going to be more about the polarizing figure that he is as opposed to the great fighter that he is. I think that the Mayweather money kind of made him feel good about that. He's got the proper – as we're talking, proper number 12 commercial comes on the TV. <laughs> he is a marketability. He is insanely marketable. Yeah. I think he's going to do movies. I think he's going to be fun. I think he's always going to be around the limelight. But is he a great fighter at this point? Can we definitively say McGregor can still win a title? I don't think he can. I think that he needs to step away from the UFC, maybe take a couple more boxing opportunities, take some movie opportunities, make your money, do your proper number 12 stuff. I don't think he's a great fighter anymore. I think he needs to retire from the UFC. We need another Diaz McGregor fight. Nah, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I would pay. To, I, I would pay to watch that shit, yeah, dude. And I would take. I would take. I don't Diaz. care if it's Nick or Nate. I want a Diaz I would take, McGregor. I would take Nate. I would take Nate Diaz. I don't know. I, I would take Nate. I'm not ready tomorrow. I'm not ready to, to to write him off yet. Honestly, he's still young. He's not old. He's he's. I, I feel like he was coming off a lot of distractions, man. This this before this fight, 
He looked like he was in great shape, though. He looked bigger. He looked more full and, and, and muscular. But to, I just, to be honest, I think he was dominating the fight before he got. Robbed. I see. I didn't get to watch it, man. I was at work. But I didn't really knocked out. He got caught. It was that one shot, but dude. That Poirier is a fucking badass. But Poirier is not even the champion of dude, his weight class. Poirier went toe to toe with 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 Khabib, dude. It's not like yeah. Khabib, he caught Khabib. He almost got Khabib. Who's McGregor beating for a title? Uh, I know. I know. Dude, but this is the thing. Like, I'm not. I'm just. I with the comp- competitor that McGregor is, he's gonna want to bounce back from that shit, and I fully expect him to. I do. I really and do. Poirier I, wants a third fight, and I think he th- said he's unhappy with that shit because yeah, because like, he got yeah, because like, he not, he beat Poirier's yeah. ass the first time around. I mean, that was. But let's say he beats Poirier. Okay, he's still there's no that's title a, there. That, but, no, no, but that's a big win though. Come, that's a big. If he win. comes back and beats Poirier, bro, I would agree with that's you. That would be a big win. win. Are you guys picking McGregor to beat? Him? Okay, but say say they yeah. set up say they set it say they set up another like Diaz fight because I definitely can see that happening. And he gets that fight and he gets another shot at Poirier, beats Poirier, and then he gets a shot at a title. But you're looking at two to three years who, right okay, there. But, okay, but who who's like the guy that's just owning that weight division that division right now? No, I, I'd have to go look. I, yeah, that's pretty old. There's not that's an outright guy, yeah. so I think McGregor has a chance to come back, get himself right. He's still Conor McGregor, bro. I don't think so. I I do. I don't I, think I, he's. I don't think I, he's McGregor of beating Josie Aldo. I don't think he's that same fighter. I think he was winning this fight easily until yeah. he got caught. Yeah, he did. He got but caught. That's and, the point. But that's but that's what Poirier yeah, does. Poirier catches you. He catches you. Yeah, right. And, and, and that's fighting and though. He's gonna survive that. Right. Yeah. Well, that, he, I know McGregor still wants to fight Khabib again. He will kill him. He Khabib would literally kill him. It's not like McGregor went out there and looked like shit. He didn't. He didn't. Not saying he did. I'm not. He's still a good fighter. It's not that he's not a good fighter. He's not. I, I'm just saying, with Khabib, Khabib out of the picture, it's still open, man. Yeah. It's, McGregor could still come in and become that force. It sounds to me is. like Khabib's coming back. I hope so. Because like, that's he great keeps dropping him. hints. Yeah. He keeps dropping hints. I hope so. That was my last question. Let's do it. McGregor. Let's do it. Let's go. Will man. we see a Khabib return to UFC? Yes, yeah. I, I, I do. I think we have to. I will say this, though. I don't think you will see a McGregor could be fighting I hope again. so. I don't think that's going to happen. Dude, that again. would draw so much money, dude. I, I do believe if, if That'd McGregor... That would be the highest selling pay-per-view ever. Let me put it like this. If McGregor would have beat Poirier, I do think that fight would have happened. But now there are other guys, in my opinion, I know that McGregor is the ticket. I get it. But from a competitive standpoint, you can't give McGregor that fight right now. No, no, no. He has to beat somebody and, and work his way right. up again. So Maybe a couple when, fights. If and when Khabib does come back, I think within the next six to ten months... Yeah. He's gonna fight somebody more worthy at that time. I think it's gonna be a, maybe a, Ga- a Gaethje rematch. Mm. I think that's gonna be a. I think that's the type of fight you'll see Khabib get. I would love that too. Yeah, I would love Khabib. A is, Khabib oh my god, dude! Yes. I mean, Khabib has to come back, man. That he's is, too good, man. Yeah, he's just too great for the sport. He's <laughs> he's a god. He's a god in the UFC yeah, yeah. rankings, bro. He's it's, it's Khabib. I mean, Bones Jones. I don't hey, know where the hell he's at. But it's Khabib and everybody else. Poirier yeah. did call him out. It's like, come get your 30. They need a rematch, too. That he was said, a good fight. Said, Khabib. He said, yeah, he yeah. said, come get your 30. Poirier would get the business. Poirier he literally fought him. Told no, dude, he fought him well. He fought him yeah. probably the best of anybody. Yeah. Poirier told Khabib, he was like, come get your 30. Yeah. Well, then let's do that one. I'm all for it. Dude, he, almost, he, almost got Khabib, he almost got Khabib in that uh, that choke. Yeah. He almost got him. Dude, He if he would have locked that in, he would have had him. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. He's the only guy that really came that close to beating him. Let's do that one. I mean, no offense, yeah. we're getting McGregor right now. As man. a UFC fan, that's what you yes. I want to see that shit. I want to see quality fights. Uh, I think, But I do, to end this from my take, I do think McGregor's going to come back. I think he's going to win a couple fights. I th- I just believe in Fight him, dude. Fight Cerrone I, again. I still think... <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Go get your slump buster, homie. Let's, let's do a co-ed. Yeah, let's do a co let's do a co-ed fight. Yeah, you know what I mean? Bring Frankie Andrew back. You know what I mean? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. said Ronda Rousey. Let's, let's bring Ronda Rousey. Let's bring Ronda Rousey out there co-ed shit. Yeah, you know I just mean? don't know how I just don't know how dedicated McGregor is to the actual UFC. Yeah. That's my thing, is that he's bigger than the UFC. You have to understand that. McGregor is bigger I, than the I, actual I, UFC. I do think he's still great, though. I do. I think he's a great. I still fighter. think he's great. Think what he's was his last great, great win? win? No, 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 I'm not. No, Josie Aldo. There's no debating that. Yeah, he's because he's been out. He's been doing other charades. He's been doing other things and market, marketing himself That's and at, boxing man. and uh, for sure. Yeah, I, but I think if he if he zones in, focuses, and becomes that villain again because yeah. he was like he was like the, weirdly this nice guy this time around. I think if he zones in, becomes that that McGregor, that villain again, and he really zones in and becomes that guy. I think we'll see McGregor. He's too young still to, to hang him up, dude, in my mind. I just think he's too young to hang him up. Well, we'll see. I've, I've been right about McGregor. About I said, I told yeah. you guys last year he's 100% coming back and fighting in January. What ended up happening? So yeah. I, I'd love to be proven wrong this time. And McGregor I mean, we, we, we just saw that, that Holloway fight. You know, to see what Holloway just did. Yeah. I mean, yeah. his comeback. Yeah. If he can do it, dude, Conor McGregor can do it. Because Holloway's had some rough. Hey, he's had a rough well, I'm, like, I'm 100% on Holloway. Yeah, yeah, sorry. They, 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 uh, that the fight before this one, they 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 kind of cheated him out on that win. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, he was he was in a rough patch for a while. He lost yes, some big fights. Yeah. Couldn't he? And he worked his way back. But I can see Connor doing the same a thing. Focused fighter. He's older than Connor though. I get it, but yeah. he doesn't have the outside distractions like McGregor does. For he's sure. not the superstar. But he's also never been one on the biggest stage like Connor has. That's fair. That is fair. But that was again four years. Connor's ago. a true champ, man. Yeah. I'm just saying. Like, well, let's see. I would he love can to work his way back. back to that. Yeah. We're gonna take a quick break because we got to get back to some Chiefs football. We're gonna talk Chiefs and Bills and what we saw mm. in that slaughter in the AFC Championship. We'll get back to that after this. Midcoast Modern is a Kansas City focus on modern handmade and small brands. A resource for design-centric home goods, apparel, jewelry, artwork, and limited edition gifts. We support makers, artists from the Midcoast and bring in goods from makers, artists around the U.S. to offer a unique selection. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number two. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the Spoken Studios with my guys Trevor Twidwell. What's good? And Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. So we did have a football game last week. It feels like an eternity since that happened, and it feels like an eternity to get to the damn Super Bowl. But guys, for the second straight year, the Chiefs are the AFC champions. Yes, sir. I feel as if the 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 Lamar Hunt trophy is gonna have to start paying rent at Arrowhead mm. because it's not going anywhere anytime soon. This is the second straight year now it's come home or stayed home this time around. But um, you know, I would love to sit here and say that I am surprised as as to what the result was, but I'm not. Uh, I felt like even though I predicted this was gonna be the the matchup mm. in the AFC Championship, um, that's exactly how I saw that game going. And I do appreciate Eddie donating to <laughs> my Venmo account, uh, uh, taking the bills in this yeah, game. I, really visit our, do appreciate I visit our little text thread. I <laughs> really do appreciate that. Thank you, Eddie, for that 50 bucks. Oh, it man. went to something really shiny. <laughs> um, but let's get to the matchup. Let's get to the way this game went down. Uh, let's get some obviousness aside. 
Patrick Mahomes was absolutely absurdly great in this game. Uh, people were concerned about his foot coming back from the concussion protocol. Never had a concussion. Uh, he was simply just literally knocked out in this game. The the Browns game was pr- basically choked out, but came back and ended up knocking out the Bills. The Bills have one of the better secondaries in the NFL. They have incredible safety play. And for the second straight time, Patrick Mahomes absolutely did whatever he wanted whenever he wanted to to the defense of the Bills. Now, the the interesting part about it was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire came back, and you think, you know, oh, God, okay, he obviously went off against the Bills in that first game, 161 yards. was essentially a non-factor. Got a touchdown on the goal line. You know, got his touchdown because in the in the first matchup against the Bills in Week Six, he got his touchdown taken away from a holding penalty that was not a holding penalty, by the way. The Chiefs' offense to me showed, and they made a point, and they made a statement. And I can't wait to talk about our, our Super Bowl predictions next week, but they made a statement in this game that I wanted to kind of piggyback off of with you guys and get your guys' overall thoughts. But this is my thought, and that my ultimate takeaway in this game. Not only did the Chiefs outclass the Bills, which, again, I fully expected because they are at a different class than the Bills, even though the Bills had an awesome season, and I'm happy for Bills Mafia. They finally got their franchise quarterback. Uh, they finally have a team that's worthy. But the Chiefs made a statement in this game that I felt like they needed to make because whether the, anybody's going to ever admit it or not, they, like everybody else, listens to the media. They listen to what is being said. And all for, for the last two months solid, at least the last two months, everybody has been trying to find a way to nitpick this team that is so great, winning uh, meaningful games 25 of the last 26 uh, starts of Patrick Mahomes. They have to find something, and they, and they found it, and it's the Chiefs aren't blowing teams out. You know, they're beating teams by a touchdown or less at a record pace. We've never seen teams win games at such a, a, a such a close margin consistently. So the Chiefs went out there and said, you know what? Everyone's drinking the Bills Kool-Aid. Everyone's, you know, basically jumping on tables and breaking them for the Bills. People are picking the Bills to win this game, saying Josh Allen's the better quarterback going into this matchup. And they put the absolute clamps on the Bills on both sides of the ball. Not only was the offense incredible and efficient without Sammy Watkins, essentially without Clyde for the majority of the game. Eric Fisher goes down and suffers a horrific Achilles tear, didn't have Mitchell Schwartz, and they scored 38 points. And the defense gave up a late touchdown in that game that didn't really matter. It was garbage time. The best pass Josh Allen threw against this defense was against Alex Alex Okafor's uh, uh, face mask (laughs) and and a penalty that I felt like should have got a couple of bills ejected, but nevertheless... The Chiefs showed, once again, they are without question the best team in the NFL. They have the best, in my opinion, the best head coach in the NFL, the best quarterback in the NFL. And when you have those two things going to each and every week, you're going to win. And that's what the Chiefs continue to do. And it's no coincidence to me that the Chiefs' margin of victory when Patrick Mahomes was playing against the Browns were up 16 points. And then full game against the Bills win by 14 points which means the Chiefs are winning on an average margin of victory with Patrick Mahomes in the game by 15 points a game in the playoffs. And we sit here and focus on winning by six points a game over the last seven games of their season, regular season. It was clear and evident, guys. The Chiefs were born, and they were waiting to get to the playoffs. And the moment they got to the playoffs, they didn't look back. And they have not even been at full strength yet. 
Now we're going into this year where you get Sammy Watkins back, Clyde Edwards-Alaire back. You know, your offensive line is as healthy as it possibly can be, and we're going to talk about that next week. But let's get let's get some thoughts out here, guys. Did did it, did, did this game not just simply simplify or symbolize the dominance of the Chiefs, not only against the AFC, but in the entire NFL as a whole? Eddie, what did you take away? Yes, uh, I, I think the Chiefs' overall performance against the Bills was amazing. It was great. Uh, defense played great. Uh, offense played phenomenal. Uh, but I mean, we never questioned the offense. You know, I really looked at the defense in this in this game. Uh, was the defense really going to step up? You know, because this was going to be the game that the defense had to step up and and, and prove that they're they're worthy of a, a, a Super Bowl uh, Super Bowl game. And they all made plays. Chris Jones for the first time, I think, all season. I mean, Frank Clark, Frank for Clark. the first time all season, Timely was sack. able to put pressure on the quarterback, allowing Chris Jones to finally get in there and actually, you know, do the, get the job done. By Frank Clark doing his job, it freed up Chris Jones, and Chris Jones was able to get in there and get in into uh, Josh Adams' head. He he was he was there. Uh, I believe the Chiefs like blitz like 40, 40% of their snaps or something like that, 45, I think, around there. Uh the defense played played a great game. Uh I think Juan Thornhill was fucking phenomenal in this game. The way he stepped up, uh he almost got a pick. I think it was on the Bills second drive, mm-hmm. I think. Uh he almost picked he up. Dropped it. Yeah. We yeah, should he, have we should have three picks. Yes. Yeah. Uh unfortunately he dropped it when he landed, but the way he played in this game it was phenomenal. He's, I would say he's close to being 100% to who he was before that injury. It's good timing, yeah. It was great timing, <laughs> yeah. great timing. Finally getting to play in the playoffs. Yes, yeah. that yeah. offense. Uh, you just need to make sure Sneed's okay. Yeah, that offense uh, with Tyreek Hill, man. What the fuck? Him and, that, that, <laughs> him that and Kelsey was, just doing what they do, yeah, man. Yeah, that was amazing. It's like the yards after catch was amazing. It's like um, – I can't remember who it was. I was watching a video, and they were like, yeah, they like to call themselves like Yak Daddy. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, I can't remember who they he were He wants to be about. Yak Daddy. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, yeah, I can I can see Tyreek Hill being the Yak Daddy. He's like, he did that 70-yard uh, fucking run or whatever. Yeah, him and McCole both, he, man. And then he apologized right after that to Coach Andrew Reed <laughs> saying that his old age is catching up to him. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you pretty much outran the whole yeah, fucking team. That's tongue-in-cheek for sure. Mm-hmm. So, but, I mean, he wanted, yeah. he wanted that touchdown is what he wanted. Yeah. This, this game not only silenced critics, it proved that this is a, a championship-worthy team. This proved that Tampa Bay has a fucking uh, – Date with uh, hell. Two handfuls, much. basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was amazing. Yeah, critics. The fact that there are critics of this team is just—it's purely contrarian. All the critics are just purely being contrarian at this point, trying to be unique, trying to be original, trying to be different. Because everyone knows it's boring when teams keep winning, mm-hmm. especially in the NFL. I mean, we look at many times we oh, saw the Patriots. Tom Brady. There's no, but I mean, nobody seen. But we even got bored with the Patriots too, knowing that. Everyone knew they were going to be in the playoffs every single year. We knew they were going to win 12 games every year. We knew it. 11, 12 games every year, maybe more. And it's just, it's, it's, we all got tired of them. I mean, I, their situation was a little different because the cheating scandals and all that, that made their situation different. They're easy to no, hate. Patrick Mahomes is a cheat code too. For, yeah, right. That's And yeah, in a different way, for sure. Um, man, my biggest takeaway, and like, and like I said in the, in the podcast leading up to it, 
the defense. I think our defense is, is just peaking at the right moment, just like last year. Yes. Spags has got his guys firing all of our DBs. The fact that we were able to blitz Snead, we were able to blitz Tyron Matthew efficiently, mm-hmm. and they were getting there. If they weren't getting there, they were getting pressure, and we were capping the, we were setting the edges and keeping Josh Allen from escaping. He only had a couple big runs on us, and that was the, the biggest production plays of the of the game outside of a couple good plays of stuff on Diggs downfield. Was Josh Allen running running the ball and escaping? I think that one he escaped up the middle. Yeah. He was barely ever able to escape on the edge, which is what he's great at, mm-hmm. right? And he's a big dude, and he's hard we to get down. We were pressuring him, man. We were getting Snead and and, and and Tyron was everywhere, all over the place. Thornhill was all over the place. Our DBs in general and safeties were just everywhere. That's what happens when Frank Clark has a good game. Right, yeah. I'm and, just, I'm and, like, just saying, and when he got that sack, I immediately like to look to Lance. I'm like, dude, just Frank Clark always gets it when we need him the most. Though. I love how the Chiefs made like that video where he, he comes up to like, I'm back or whatever. It was yeah. like, I love that. The, yeah, blood in the water. Yeah, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why last week in a podcast, uh, my biggest takeaway from the game prior against the Browns is our defense, man. We, 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 st- we stopped that most stout running game in, in Cleveland, we shut their asses down. Right, and we forced Baker to beat us, and then we we stopped with the Bills are the best at, which is throwing the ball. We were taking away all the reads. Josh yeah. Allen had no reads. He very rarely. I mean, that's a team that's averaging thirty one points a game heading in the postseason. I said it, man. If They're we, averaging thirty one points a game. I said they it, just blew you, out the Dolphins defense. If you put pressure on Josh Allen, he becomes an average quarterback. This, I said it. I, I don't know if I would go that far. I think he's. I, I, I think he's got. I just think our defense. This is what I've said this whole entire season, dude. Our defenses are built to beat the Deshaun Watsons. Our defenses are built to beat the the Josh Allens, the Lamar Jacksons, these mobile quarterbacks within the AFC that we know we're going to see a lot. This defense has been specifically built to beat them, right? And that's what we do. That's all we've done is we beat these guys. I mean, I'm, just, I'm glad we're bringing up the defense because, I, I mean, <clears throat> we could sit here and just romanticize on on the Chiefs' offense. I mean, it's sexy. It's X-rated. You know, we yeah. can really undress this much. I mean, we granted them a touchdown, and they still only scored 24. Like 24 I, I remember minutes. after the 2018 season, as, as heartbreaking as that all was, we all three were at the AFC Championship game together. Yeah. And, and thinking, oh, my God, Bob Sutton has got to fucking go. Yeah. This defense is – we are a lost team. Because you have the MVP quarterback, but we have one of the worst defenses in the NFL and just cost us an opportunity to get to the title. And then you saw the Chiefs go and hire Steve Spagnuolo, and I was out front. I did not like the the hire at first. I thought Andy Reid was just hiring another buddy of his because Steve Spagnuolo had been out of the NFL for a year, and his last run was not great. As a, as a defensive coordinator with the Giants, it was very up and down, and I was really worried that Andy Reid was just hiring another buddy because Bob Sutton was one of his buddies. And I even we even talked about this on the podcast when it happened. And then Spagnola turned this defense completely around, going out and getting Tyron Matthew, going out and getting Frank Clark. And we can you know talk about whether Frank Clark was an overall great signing or not. Fact is, to Trevor's point, he shows the hell up when it matters the most. I will say that. Yep. The first few quarters of that, the first two, three quarters of that Bills game, nowhere to be found. But when you needed him to clamp things down, when you felt like the Bills may have a little life here or there. The Texans game last he, year when he sacked the show yes. on, like the he 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 does time he does sacks. it. It's not I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of what, the way Frank Clark decides it's to show up whenever he feels like it. Right. But it happens. And you have to give him his credit when credit is due. Tyron Matthew has put himself in an echelon of one of the greatest players in the NFL, not just defensive players. He's working on a Hall of Fame career. Jamal Adams gets so much credit because he's all over the field, and I get it because Jamal Adams is insanely awesome. Mm. 
Tyron Matthew right now is a better football player than Jamal Adams. And opinion. he's an undersized safety. In my opinion, yeah. he is he is one of the 10 best defenders in the NFL. And that is somebody who's been overly critical on Tyron Matthew, too, because he gets those Twitter fingers working really quick sometimes. And I think he's peak Tyron right now. I he's think he's, peak he's, Tyron. his IQ is peak right now. And, and then Chris Jones, to your point, Eddie, he got 11 pressures on one, arguably outside of Lamar Jackson, the the most mobile quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, he was, he was he was the MVP of the defense that night because because oh, yeah. he was doing pressures. things he was doing things that stats can't keep. He was doing all the dirty yeah. work. He was literally causing pressure up the middle every snap for Josh. Sean Morton got four pressures. Yeah, I mean this defensive line and this guys. I know I want to give all the credit and praise to the players because they went out and did it. Yeah, I got to give this to Spagnolo. He is the man. Yes, dude. He Andy Reid does not worry about that the defense. That was the best offense in the league. And that was always that was the best offense in the league. Th- that was always something that we worried about. Man, Andy doesn't ever focus on the defense. As a head coach, maybe he should focus. This is why he doesn't worry about the defense. Yeah. Because of the fact he knows Spagnuolo is the head coach on the defensive side. And he has proven me wrong. He has proven all of us wrong because we didn't all really know how this was going to pan I was out. All in on but I'm just saying, we go from a 3-4 defense to a 4-3 base defense. And look how it's look what it's done. It immediately changed. Chiefs going to win a Super Bowl last season, and now they're right back in it. And it's again, Patrick Mahomes is the reason why. Ultimately, Andy Reid. You know, we got to give them the reason why they. You know, what leads us there, but what finishes the job is Spagnolo and his defense mm. to be able to get these young guys to buy in so quickly without a true offseason this last year. Legereus Sneed. Yeah, I was going to say Legereus Sneed. The development. Imagine what he's going to be. Four straight forward. games with a sack. Four straight games with a sack from Legereus Sneed, a cornerback. Yep. Juan Thornhill, Eddie, you brought him up. I'm so glad you brought him up because Juan Thornhill is finally Juan Thornhill of 2019. Yeah. It took him a full year because the ACL tear usually takes 10 to 12 months to really get back. kind of a secret weapon right now. Yeah. He's finally getting a chance to play in the playoffs, and he is flourishing. He had four passes botched up this last game against the Bills. Dan Sorensen making all the critical Sean tackles Fenton once coming again. in, filling in for Snead. Yeah, th- these guys are giving Sean Tyron Matthew making plays. an opportunity to be Tyron Matthew. He doesn't have to worry about what's behind him. He, he can, gets he can blitz. Flow. Yeah, he can blitz too. They, yeah, they run these stunt. Uh, even Ben Neiman was looking decent. Like it's it's this yeah. defense is peaking at the right time. I love it, dude. And this is why I asked that question a, a couple weeks ago, Eddie. I asked you guys, who do you guys think has the best defense left in the playoffs? I said Chiefs. Because of the fact of the way they're playing, their talent, their structure behind Steve Spagnolo, I, I think that they have the best defense in the playoffs. Yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't just dismiss what we just did two straight games, dude. In the postseason, when the chips are all in, twenty points a game, the best rushing offense in the league. We shut their asses down, and how? And the garbage time, Kareem Hunt touchdown is the only reason they had any kind of stats. And then the best, literally, all the, as far as the numbers go, thirty-one, almost thirty-two points a game. Best offense in the league, the Buffalo Bills come in. We shut their asses down, and we grant them a touchdown. Right. And they didn't even break 30. Right. There's, you cannot underestimate what we're doing right now, dude. And I saw the signs heading into the postseason. That's why my biggest takeaway for the Browns game was our defense. It carried over. We performed even better. Because, again, to that point, we know what the offense is going to bring. Uh. In every game, every playoff game that Patrick Mahomes has played all the way through, the Chiefs have scored at least 31 points. So yeah. we know what the offense is going to do. And now, again, with Sammy Watkins, playoff Sammy's coming back. Mm-hmm. We know the offense is going to be even that much greater. Yep. The defense is what wins these games for us, guys. I know that sounds crazy because, again, you saw Patrick Mahomes' career. Think about the trajectory. <laughs> yeah, we haven't even talked about Pat the trajectory, yet. <laughs> think about the trajectory difference just from an optic standpoint yeah. for Patrick Mahomes' legacy if they would not have made the changes they made in the, after the 2018 season. Think about it. 
They would have been, Patrick Mahomes would have become the next Dan Marino, literally. A great quarterback putting up all these insane numbers, but they can't get to the big game because they don't have the backing. We've seen this over and over again. And it's all praise to Clark Hunt going to get Andy Reid, and then Andy Reid eventually took him for fucking ever, but he finally broke the tide with, with Bob Sutton, finally broke severed ties with him, and went and got the right guy for the job, Steve Spagnuolo, Spags, and got the right defense in place. And that there's no coincidence that we're seeing Patrick Mahomes now in his second, so it should be third straight Super Bowl, but seeing him in his second consecutive yeah. Super Bowl with a very, very good chance of getting his second Super Bowl championship in just three seasons as a starting quarterback, which is absurd, by the way. But a couple points I want to make, though, about this Bills game that I, I really took away from the Bills, as, as crazy as it is because I want to keep talking Chiefs, but something that I liked about the Bills is the fact that I never felt like they were, as a team, intimidated by the Chiefs. I felt like they were outclassed. But I liked what I saw from the Bills as a team. They ran the ball actually effectively. They actually outran, outrushed the Chiefs in this game, mm-hmm. 129 to 114. Yeah, Yeldon was having a good game. Yeah, they, they actually did not play terrible. Where they went wrong. Well, though, Josh Allen had two of the biggest running plays of the game. Without yeah. question, without question. <laughs> but I'm saying as a, as a collective, yeah. where they went wrong, though, was on third down. They were five of fourteen. Well, and they were kicking field goals. They were kicking field goals. Yeah, and that was that was a yeah. co- that was a coaching so problem. What, teams I don't mean, get I, it, man. I do think McDermott was a little intimidated as, from his predecessor Andy Reid. That is where he came from, of course. So I think there was a little intimidation factor on that. But on the field, I felt like the Bills were very confident, and I think that team has a lot of promise. I'm big on the Bills. I what I did what I didn't like though is 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 some of the shit we saw at the end of the game. Oh yeah, they 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 just couldn't take the L. They they went they went out like suckers. Yeah, they went out like straight suckers. They were they're out there shoving dudes, blindside hitting dudes. That was <laughs> I know it's frustration. I get it. You know you're you're that close to the Super Bowl. You know it's been since 1995. Your your franchise has done anything. I get that. Mm-hmm. But they, uh, I, there was a mixed bag that I saw from the Bills. I saw a lot of good things and a lot of things they really got to grow up on. But this team is coming. I, I do believe. Yes, I do. I do think, and I said this two years ago. As crazy as this sounds, uh, Josh Allen's rookie season. I said, you know, we we talked to Sean Watson, we talked Lamar Jackson, and how they could be the potential rival to Patrick Mahomes. We need to talk Josh Allen because I think the Bills are the team that can really. Be- Josh Allen's better than Lamar Jackson. Yes, he is. yes, he is. Yes, I'll say it. question. Yes, I 100 percent agree, and I yeah. think he's he a better could quarterback. Be. He could be the the rival, quote unquote. I say that in loose terms because I don't think there's anybody that can really rival Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> but if there is a guy and there is a team that you, we could see the Chiefs go back and forth on, dude, he jumps, he jumps, he jumps thirty percent in his completion rating. Yeah, which is completion percentage this year, thirty yeah. percent from last year. Quarterback rating went up, yards That's, per game went up. Touchdown, he, he changed, he changed, he changed a lot of his mechanics. The dude put in the work and it showed, man. And the look, we I want to talk about the offense now, dude. Do it. Just from what Pat did, dude. The, I'm just so excited to see what Pat's going to do against this secondary and, and the, with the Buccaneers because I, I do I think in my mind I think they're, the the secondaries are pretty equal compared to the Bills and the Buccaneers. But what Pat did against them, man, that that throw when he was falling down and he he he, he as he was falling and he like kind of like side through it to to Travis. Dude, I, I lost my shit on that dude. Just, it was just, it was good because I was <laughs> I was. I was honestly a little nervous heading into this game with Pat with the toe issue. They're talking about that, and with the those quote unquote concussion issue that was going on with that, the nerve, whatever it was. I was a little hesitant to like be fully in on. I mean, I'm always confident in Pat, but I was just a little curious to see what we we're going to get out of him. It was, I mean, that was just pure Pat, man. And I was just so 
it was just pure joy to see him out there just having fun. And obviously him having the chip on his shoulder with the, 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 the graphics from the TV networks, given, you know, the bills, the advantage of the quarterback and wide receiver, you know, it's like, I'm sure the bills probably didn't even like that. Them putting that out there, you know, because that just, you, you give Pat a chip on the shoulder. You give this offense a chip on the shoulder. You give Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill chips on the shoulder to go give them something to prove again for some reason. Okay. Like we're the visit team. That shows leadership in this game. Like, of course. Especially Nicole. Put, yeah. He put this yeah. team on his back. This, this was Patrick Mahomes team. Like there was, yeah. there was no other thing. It was this was his. Well, in the in the McCall situation and, and was the best part. Man. Yeah, in the McCall situation exactly. where it's like, hey, it's like, look at it. Wasn't me, just Pat. Me. It was Kelsey, Tyreek, yeah. Coach Reed. Oh. Coach Reed designed plays to go right back to him, yep. and he had that seventy yard yes. chunk play. That was that I, I, was. I, I love how I love how Patrick Mahomes went up to me, Cole, took the jacket off, and said, "Look at me." Yep. Like, yeah, look, you're at gonna make me. a play because I know what he, I know what that kid's capable of, and he flipped the fucking field in one play. And he told he told the I believe it was the offensive line. He's like, "We've been here before." Be us, yep. yeah. Like be us. That's yeah. what's so dangerous about this team yeah, is that not only are they great adversity, they believe in their greatness. Yeah. It isn't that they're arrogant about their. I mean, they are, but it's it's that they say, "Look, we've done this before." After going down twenty four to nothing to the Texans, and then going and ended up blowing them out, blowing the Texans out after being down four scores. Yeah. There's nothing that can come to this team that can scare them. They've literally seen it all. They yeah. they went from three. At least ten point deficits in a row in the playoffs to becoming Super Bowl champions to losing Patrick Mahomes in the middle of a playoff game mm. and Chad Henney doing what he did. They've literally what can this team not see? They've seen everything, literally everything in the playoffs. Yeah. Nothing scares them. That's why McCall got down on himself. That's because he's a young player and he know he fu- he fucked up. Yeah. And when it happened, we we're like, God damn it! Like we we're all pissed off. I mean, I, I immediately think guy. about the defense. I immediately think about the defense because the defense only really allowed fourteen points, right? Against that Bills team, right? You know what I mean? So that defense, like, fuck McCall, bro. You got really gonna put him on the one <laughs> right. yard line, bro? Right? When they know that the defense was ready to go. But that's yeah. the leadership. It, it all yeah. starts with Andy Reid in pl- implementing. Oh no we doubt. Saw how, that Travis Kelsey was, was not that guy four years ago. No, he was not this guy four yeah. years ago. He has completely Patrick changed Mahomes his ways. Changed them. I would 100% yeah. agree with that. Yeah. And the only reason I say that is because we see fourth and ones, fourth and twos, fourth and threes, and then Patrick Mahomes walking to the fucking uh, to the where the, the spot of the, like the ball is. Yeah. It's like, come on, yeah, come yeah. On. yelling at Andy right. Reid to come on. Like, it's changed. Who, it's even changed the way Andy Reid. Like, who the fuck? Yeah. Like, who the fuck? Yells it's at a, your coach? it's like, a swagger. On. It's an attitude this kid, this team I carries, man. And that's what when Pat became the quarterback. It, the whole entire swagger and attitude of this team changed because Alex Smith's not that raw, raw guy. Pat's that raw, raw guy, this dude. Is, this is Patrick Mahomes' team. Yeah. He controls everything in this team. Since the 2018 AFC Championship, Patrick Mahomes is 5-0. and The Chiefs are 5-0. and He's completing 68% in the playoffs, completing 68% of his passes, averages 296 yards per game, has 17 total touchdowns, 14 of them are passing, three are rushing. Only two interceptions, and both were in the Super Bowl against the Niners, with a 114 quarterback rating. <laughs> How in the fuck do you beat that? You can't beat that. Yeah. Like, we've seen performances against the Chiefs that are worthy of winning the game. That's when the pressure's all on him, too, because he's trailed every single one of those games. Every single one of them, <laughs> except yeah. the Browns game, obviously. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, I believe he's 4-1 and one after trailing. Yes, yeah. well, by, and, and, by two scores. I don't know if you guys saw. We'll spot a team ten hit, points. That's what we do. Patrick Mahomes' win percentage goes up when the Chiefs are trailing, as yeah. opposed to when they've led the whole game. <laughs> that's yeah, that's crazy. impossible. <laughs> the Chiefs, the Chiefs win eighty five percent of the games they've trailed in. Yeah, eighty five percent in his career. The league average is thirty nine percent. They are literally breaking the NFL. 
So it's I'm not going to tell the media how to handle this stuff because I understand they got to get their clicks, they got to get their views. Right. But my God, if you're looking at this team now and trying to find negatives out of it, I, you're 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 on the losing side. I know Skip Bayless is now slowly transitioning from LeBron James to now focusing on Patrick Mahomes. I love that side. I love being on that side of Skip Bayless. It's yeah. great to see guys like him have to twist and turn in the air to try to find something. Yep. And we're going to talk plenty about all that next week against Patrick Holmes, Tom Brady, Volume 5. This is now the fifth opportunity. They're 2-2 two and two against each other. Cannot wait to talk about that. But that's our overview from the, the, the Chiefs-Bills game, guys. It was an absolute slaughter. I think the Chiefs absolutely made a statement, and I am so glad that they went and they took that approach and they got business done the way that they did, even though they spotted the Bills nine damn points. <laughs> Nevertheless, we need to get to you guys, the viewing audience, the listeners, and the Monday mailbag. We'll get back to that after this. We're going to get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya. You are tuned in to the Spoke. I might actually stick. I might actually stick around for a little bit. Es mejor llegar tarde a casa que nunca volver a llegar. Es mejor llegar tarde al trabajo que nunca volver a trabajar. Y es mejor recoger tarde a tus hijos que nunca volver a recogerlos. Llegar tarde a donde vayas por esperar a que pase el tren es mucho mejor que arriesgar tu vida tratando de ganarle el paso. Por algo existe el dicho, más vale tarde que nunca. Alto, el tren no para. Mensaje de Netzer. 